Boy, I'm uh, I'm really excited to do this, guys. I've been looking forward to this all year. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> it's, it's You've brought it up a lot over the past year. I know. I know. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've got my top 10 list ready to go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second annual Top 10 episode. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse, and we are the Dad Fathers coming at you with some 2021 energy. <laughs> A big exhalation from all of us here at Not Your Father's Movies. <laughs> we made it through, guys. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, what... Yeah. What a long two weeks to flatten the curve. Am I right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you mean from March of 2020 all the way up to now? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It's been a very long two weeks. <laughs> Just two weeks in and out. In and out. It was easy. It was yeah. done. And But like, it's crazy. We're on the other end of 2021, uh, one of the longest years I can remember. And there was a lot of movies that came out this year. And in a large way, doing this podcast helped ground me for the year. I don't know how you guys felt, but it was nice to know that I had something I knew I was going to have a good time with every week that I could just look forward to. Because that used to be dinners at friends' houses. That used to be going to the movie theaters. That used to be anything. And now it's like, I can't wait to get on a video chat with some <laughs> friends of mine and talk about movies. <laughs> That's not sad. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I also like watched more movies last year than I have in a very long time so that was nice it was nice to like have a list kind of made out for me and being more in the loop with movies because i'm not normally that i'm just an average dad watching whatever happens to be on netflix normally right but that was a cool thing about this year too right is that we had the day and date thing for hbo max so for oh, all yeah. year long we got to see high quality blockbusters from the safety and comfort of our own homes and if we so dared, we could go out and see those movies like we did finally when theaters kind of came back with Dune. And wasn't that yeah. an experience? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was can, great. can I say that 2021 is kind of like a golden age for me seeing new movies because they all came out on streaming? Yeah. It was like, I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen again. I hope it does. Well, I, I think isn't, H is, isn't HBO Max keeping it up this year? I think I saw that. I, I would hope so. I really hope so. As Amanda sure. Dobbins on the Big Picture um, podcast keeps saying, let people see your movies. And I'm 100% down with that. <sighs> yes, I am a normal person who tries his best to watch a lot of new movies. And it's really hard to do that. Yeah. yeah. Especially well, like we've got kids. We've got newborns. We can't take a newborn to a movie theater. I mean, no. we can. We, I've done we can. it. But don't want to. Don't want to do that do again. Every, yeah. How much do you want everybody to hate you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Uh but so on the show today, uh we decided from last year we did a combined top 5 episode, top 5 movies that we all did kind of lumped in together because we just started the show back in September and there wasn't that many new movies, so it's actually pretty achievable to do and we didn't miss that much in my mind. And also I'm not even sure if I had seen 5 movies from 2020 at the time. Right. So we had to make a combined list. <laughs> but the ones that you did see were actually like surprisingly good. And I, I mean, Emma, 
Emma was fantastic. I still oh, yeah. think it ended up being great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but this year, because there's so much more for us to see, and we've had a year to prepare, we actually have a couple categories that we're going to run down here before we get to to our list list. So um, maybe I want to start passing the torch around to say, uh, Mike, what movie did you want to see the most but have been unable to so far? So I have a list here of seven movies, um, and mm. I'm going to pick one, <laughs> I think. I'm going to pick three. No, okay, good. I'm going to pick one. <laughs> I'm going to pick three. three. I, no, no, really, <laughs> I really, really, really want to see Cyrano. Um, yeah. I am very stoked for that. I want to see it with my wife. Um, this just looks like a lovely love story um, and a lot more with music by some of my favorite people. The Desners, uh, right? The Desners and, well, the National, the band, the National. I mean, like uh, Matt Berninger, I think, did the lyrics um, mm. along with his wife, maybe. And, uh, you know, it just looks like a fantastic movie. But that came out in the so, throes of Christmas celebration. And I have not had a chance to see it yet. Also, I feel um, like it was out for like a day. And then Spider-Man No Way Home just shotgunned it off out of the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. But, but just for listeners, just so they might have some more appreciation. Uh, what is this movie, Cyrano? Yeah, so Cyrano is Joe Wright, um, who did the new... Um, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Thank you. Um, as well as uh, Atonement and a couple other movies. Um his take on the Cyrano de Bergerac story. Um, it is a musical. Uh, it is a period piece. It looks beautiful. The music sounds great. I'm very excited for it. Um, the National did the music. And Peter Dinklage plays Cyrano de Bergerac. So it uh, it just looks like a fun time. You know, there's war. Uh, it's the 1800s or 1700s or something like that. There's love. Um, and the, the basic story of Cyrano de Bergerac is that Cyrano de Bergerac, I don't remember if he's a dwarf in, um, in, uh, the story, um, or if he's a little person, but he is ugly or something like he's not good looking, but he writes and he can write amazingly. And uh, he's in love with this woman. And, uh, so in order to woo her, he offers to woo her for a good looking young officer that is a part of his regiment. And it is the story of true love. In the end, I, I I love a story of love and war. Yeah, exactly. You know, like what who what more can you ask for, Mike? I know you normally don't like to watch trailers or look stuff up a lot about movies before you see them, and right because you like to go in as a virgin, basically. Y- yes, uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it blows my mind that you gave that nice synopsis of the movie and it haven't seen it. <laughs> so that means you looked it all up. The trailer is like, like <laughs> honestly, like I could just watch the trailer over and over again. It just looks looks thrilling. Um, the music is great. It makes my my heart. But the the story of Cyrano de Bergerac, I think it's, I mean, it's a story from the eighteen hundreds or it's early old. Okay, okay, okay. it's old. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that Joe Wright's making this movie, he's not making a new story, but he's putting his own sort of spin on it. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Which is, I think we all know at the very least, going to be pleasant to look at. Oh yeah. Um, uh, other than that, um, I think the movie that I really wanted to see the most, uh, like I actually like, so that one I I wanted to see because it looks amazing, but I kind of knew I wasn't going to see it. Um, the one that I really tried to see, but but just didn't end up making it to was Red Rocket. 
by uh uh oh what's his name Vito what's Sean name? Baker Sean Baker um the guy who brought us the Florida Project I am uh this one makes me a little i don't know if nervous is the right word but it's not something that i think i'll be able to just uh recommend to anybody um but it's about an adult film star who goes home to his small town in texas after he gets booted out of the industry sean baker is just a, a magnificent filmmaker um he tells stories that are not like anything else that I've ever seen. And so that makes me very interested in seeing this movie. The poster is of uh, <laughs> the main characters uh, played by Simon Rex, um, who was like an MTV. Uh, a BJ dude. A he BJ, was a BJ. Yeah. yeah he, he's the, he plays the main character uh, and he is naked inside of a donut. Um, <laughs> doing like a, doing like a Marilyn Monroe sort of like, so, I mean, just that, that alone makes me interested in it that oh, Sean yeah. Baker made a movie that has this poster. So yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. I, I need to see that donut. <laughs> yeah. I need to see that donut come off. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, Jesse? What, what did you not get to see that you were most excited for? I mean, like I, I've actually just got a yeah. huge group, probably yeah. like there's three big ones. They're all big. Actually, I'm going to go with four, four big ones that I wasn't able to see. First being The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, oh, with yeah. Denzel Francis McDormand and her husband, Joel Cohen, directing. Sounds amazing. Like, that is a, a crazy combo that I've never seen before. Of course, I've seen the Cohen brothers and uh, Francis McDormand, but not never just Joel and I, his yeah. wife. That's, and never Denzel. And, but, yeah, as Macbeth, that sounds bonkers. Uh, that came out for Christmas Day only, and I wasn't able to get to it. Um, and then there are a few other theater-only movies that I have not been able to get to and really want to. Uh, West Side Story by Steven oh, yeah. Spielberg, because it's West Side Story by Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah, haven't been able to get to that. Or House of Gucci. <sighs> Couldn't get to that one either. Um, I, in fact, I don't even really know what House of Gucci is about. Other, I just know that it's like Ridley Scott, right, with Adam yep. Driver and Lady Gaga, who I've enjoyed as an actress ever since a star is born and realized mm -hmm. oh she can act this is cool um also i think al pacino is in that one yeah like, and of course that... jared leto oh and jared leto <laughs> like how is that not sound pretty entertaining that is a wild cast i'm going to see all of them play off each other that sounds amazing yeah um and then the last one was Licorice Pizza. Was not oh, able to go uh, i was bummer. i did reach out to friends of the pod who all bailed uh, uh Nick, you have no excuse. I know Nick has never actually been on the podcast, but I oh, and then, and then Letney and uh Spicy Dan were both sick, so oh. Godspeed to a good recovery there. Um I, yeah. I, I got to go with Letney, so I, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lucky one. Yeah, sounds like a deliciously sweet time. Oh yes. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Vito? What did you not get around to seeing? Um, actually, all the movies on both of your guys' lists there uh, were also on mine, with the exception of Licorice Pizza. I was able to see that. We'll have more about that later in the show. But uh, just to add on to that, I know a, a movie that I really wanted to see, Mike was able to see, I didn't get to, was Come On, Come On, um, the mm. beautiful 
new movie starring Joaquin Phoenix from director Mike Mills. I love Mike Mills' other film, Beginners. Um, I was really sad to just not have time to do this one. I also really wanted to see Nightmare Alley. Um, oh, yeah. Del Toro uh, about carnies and how men are the real monsters, which I'm always down for. <laughs> Uh, and then I think the last one I wanted to mention um, was the, the two movies that are really driving a lot of discourse that I didn't even know existed until last week was uh, Drive My Car and The Worst Person in the World. I really want to see these. There's no actual way that I can see them at this time, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to get to them as well. So just so you know, people, you know, we're naming these movies just so that you know what you're getting into. Um, if you don't see it on the list, it's because we didn't see it. <laughs> we yeah. tried our best. <laughs> Yeah. But it sucks when all the movies come out in one month, which is also happens to be the month that Christmas is in. It's Stop um, doing that. Yeah, it's a wild time. I, I just don't have the time to go to theaters that often. I did go... No, I only went one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I just wish that the old days of Movie Pass would come back so I could just I like know. go to They're a million coming. movies. <laughs> They're coming. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I'll believe movie it pass? when I see it. Yeah. I'm excited for this movie thing. The movie is uh, is doing like this. They're rolling out slowly to different um, different cities, uh, like a ticket a week sort of thing. Right. Um, with your subscription. I'm excited to see if that comes to my tiny town. Um, I hope it does. You know, in 10 years. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, another another foreign film that I am very interested in seeing is a hero by um, yeah. by the guy who did a separation. I'm not going to try to say his name. Um, right. It's going to be kind of like a, a hard time, but like... Uh, a hard time in a different language is also another way of saying right up Mike's alley. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. <laughs> um, but that's what we missed. Uh, we all wanted to see it, and hopefully we'll check back in with you once we have brought that list down a little bit to a more manageable size. Um, but maybe starting off uh, with, a, with a question we don't usually ask. Um, What's the best TV show that you saw? Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to go first here because I don't watch. I watch the least amount of, of like series of all three of us. Like I watch a good amount of sitcoms and whatever, but that's just because I want to relax. Um, but a TV show I did really enjoy. It was on Netflix. Uh, it was called Murder Among the Mormons. This was uh, earlier this year. I think I actually mentioned it on the pod before, but it's um, it's a little mini series about a, a bomber in, in the small Mormon community. Um, and it's actually directed by Jared Hess, who you might know as the director of Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's very strange. It's a really weird little mini series. There's moments where you can really recognize that this is a Jared Hess joint, like a bunch of, <laughs> I guess these, these Mormons really broke bad. And so they're taking like automatic <laughs> weapons out to the desert in sports cars and like shooting stuff in the air, but they're wearing like the very classical, what you would think of when you think of a Mormon youth, you know, with the boat with the tie and the short sleeve button up shirt and everything. It's, it was really funny and also really sobering. It's definitely the most serious thing he's done. And I found it like a really interesting story. So if anyone has any interest in true crime um, and wants to see a really good presentation of that murder among the Mormons, I watched it on Netflix. That yeah, that's great. It's normally something I would pass over, like what what is murder of the Mormons among among <laughs> murdering yeah. amongst Mormons. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, yep, I would normally skip that, but now I I guess I'll give it a shot. Sounds interesting. I had a good time with it. I, it was a late night. I was editing uh, just another episode of the show, and it was it was wild. It was so engaging. I I was frequently like, hands frozen on the keyboard. Just watching it and being like, oh, shit, I have to get this done. Uh, so, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my cool. recommendation. 
cool. Yeah. Uh, and and you saw Squid Game too, right? Because right, I did wait. see Squid Game. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess there were like five big TV shows, four of them being Marvel. Did we? Did any of us watch the Marvel shows? Oh, I yes, I did. Half I did. Wait, okay. there were four. Yeah, there's now four. Yeah, Hawkeye, okay, Loki, Falcon, and uh, what WandaVision. What and then there's the what if. What if. Okay, I didn't see Hawkeye. That's five. Oh, crap, that's five. Yeah, I actually refuse to watch any of those. I refuse to give more minutes of my life to the MCU, which is already a TV show. Yeah, in theaters. I did. I did uh, the Wandavision. I liked the Wandavision. I tried the Loki. It was boring. I did the Falcon Winter Soldier. I found it almost morally reprehensible. Uh, <laughs> and then I started. I did one half episode of Hawkeye, but. Not even, no, I did 45 minutes of the first episode of Hawkeye, and they still had, like, not bumped into each other. And I was like, mm. okay, this is six episodes, and I've spent 45 minutes watching this, and the two leads have not met. Why is this? Mm, that's bad. And the What If was fine. I don't know. What If was fine. I watched two episodes of What If, and I was disappointed with, I don't know, Thanos in episode two. Oh, yeah. Being, like... Like, he's not actually a villain. If someone had just came and told him, hey, your plan is a little bit stupid. Like I know. That's, and there's another way to give resources to people, which apparently is pirating. Um, yeah. Because that's basically what they're doing, right? It's just, it just like, this is so dumb. This, I, Like, did he never consider this? Really? I, I mean, this I, kind I of think, ruins the whole character. I, I think the idea is that it's stupid. Like, like it's stupid, and you, it knows it's stupid. I don't know. I'm not... Here I am defending If, if something is meta, <laughs> if something wrong. is meta, is that make it okay? You know, that's the yeah, real question. I, that's what Marvel does. It's like, well, I know. this is stupid, but we know it's stupid. You know. Yeah, I know. I think is that is you're right. That is the case, and I just wasn't enjoying What If, so I stopped there. Yeah. I was like, all right. Let's, the one I episode see. I thought was good though was the Evil Doctor Strange episode. I think that episode's yeah. actually pretty good. That was I really cool. dug that one. That was cool. I thought that was actually like, yes, this is this is what I came here for. Not to see Thanos as a good guy, but to see like, of of course the wizard would would break bad sometime. Like, of course he would. He's so powerful. Anyway, yeah. Um, but you mentioned Squid Game, Jesse. Is is this is this the best TV show you saw this year? Oh no no no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed Squid Game. Squid Game was a whole lot of fun. Uh, yeah. In in a brutal, in a very brutal way. Uh, no, but my my pick of the year is Clarkson's Farm, which is on Amazon. It stars Jeremy Clarkson. All right, so it's a documentary. Uh, it's of Jeremy Clarkson, who is of Top Gear fame. So he oh, picks yeah. up cars, you know, been doing car stuff for many, many years. And he buys a farm. Like, this is a this is a real thing. He goes and buys a farm, has no idea what he's doing, and decides to do farming. Wow. And everything goes wrong, like, all the time. And he keeps on thinking that he has better ways of doing things and they're, they're just not better ways. Like, instead of buying a really expensive sheep dog, after he buys sheep to mow his lawn for him, <laughs> he he decides not to buy a sheep dog for them and instead, like, gets a drone. <laughs> and records dogs barking on the drone to go herd him around. St- stuff like this just happens constantly. It's like a really nice, pleasant English countryside and. He just keeps on failing and also sometimes succeeding and you kind of start rooting for him because it's like, yeah, you go, Jeremy. I, I know you don't know what you're doing, but you grew some you grew some crops and you are raising sheep. That's kind of cool. So, yeah, nice. it was a great time. That actually 
that sounds really great. I uh, how how family friendly is this? I think it's. I mean, I think they bleep out all words, so I think it's very family friendly. I love oh, bleeped out yeah. cuss words. That's why we do it on the yeah. show. But I love the bleeped yeah. out cuss words. It's so yeah. much funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like. I wasn't looking for that, but I'm pretty sure we watched it when the kids were awake. So, yeah, this was like a daytime show, and not one of our nighttime Squid Game type shows. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is a great time. Uh, cool. How about cool. you, Mike? What was your favorite show of 2021? I got straight on board the Succession train, man. That show is amazing. <laughs> I am such a huge fan of Succession. It's great. Go watch it. You guys should see it. It's okay. amazing. It's like I was in the bathroom before the show, and I was on Twitter, and of course, Twitter is all just about Succession right now. Yeah. And then I come on the show. <laughs> and here we are. It's Succession. It's so good. It's it's like King Lear, but funny. Very good. That's a good pitch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do want to. Yeah. I do want to do it. I do want to do it. I. I just gotta. I just gotta commit. Just gotta yeah. Commit. Yeah. That, it's not that even that much great. of a commitment. It's just several hours. Um. Let's move on to the <laughs> best animated show or best animated movie that we saw this year. Vito. Uh, for me, it was actually a two-parter. Uh, they're clearly called part one and part two. It was Batman: The Long Halloween. Mm. Um. I don't know if you guys know, but DC has been making ex- very, very good superhero movies on the sly on an animated form. And they've been doing this for decades and they have, they have so many of them. And of course they're varying quality from what I would call utter dreck um, where the creators should be like arrested and put away for a long time <laughs> to stuff that is actually like almost sublimely good. Um, some of the best iterations of comic book characters that we've ever seen in motion. And Batman long Halloween is not that, but it is very, very good. Hmm. Um, this is an adaptation of the, the I'm going to use your word, Mike, the seminal graphic yes! novel. <laughs> uh, of the same title and i remember reading this uh, when i was younger and it, it 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 changed everything in a really big way so if, if you visit this material you'll see a lot of where we talk about two-face or we talk about the calendar man any of these villains you'll see where how much influence this had on our common perception of them um and for this this movie to come out this epic two-part movie which is three hours long in in total um, really does justice to that, and it's very, it's very good, very exciting. The second part is not as good as the first part, but uh, I think it's still the second best Two Face that we've seen. Um, and I think that's that's really special, and it's a really compelling cool. origin story. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that's that's the best animated thing I saw this year. Apologies to everyone who thought I was going to say something they they knew about, <laughs> 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 including yeah, not- including your co uh, your co podcasters. Indeed. <laughs> I, I didn't know this movie existed. That's cool to know that a Batman movie exists. It's on HBO Max. I, I Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So we can go check it out at any time. Yes. Almost all the DC Comics animated films are on HBO Max. You know, that does make sense. Um, I have been watching Justice League from the 2000s with my son. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been liking it. He's been digging it. It's but a fun his show. Favorite, his favorite is Batman. He really just wants to see more Batman. Yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> um, how yeah, about you? My, my favorite animated movie of the year was Encanto. Uh, I saw, I guess, I don't know. I didn't see that many animated movies, maybe like five or six. I guess that's more than the average adult <laughs> without kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Encanto was at the top. I thought that was a really well-made production. Yeah. Paw Patrol was my least favorite. I know that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie. movie. It was a movie. It was in theaters. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, uh, my kids saw their first movie in theaters, uh, or at least that they really remember, as Paw Patrol. And they loved it. And I just saw that they were making a toy advertisement commercial for an hour and a half. That you <laughs> paid for. That we paid for. <laughs> we paid for a very long advertisement for a new base, new cars for all the dogs, and a new dog. Oh, my shit. word. Oh, uh, dang. Uh, yeah. Oh, incredible. It's like the 90s are really making a comeback. Remember when everything was a toy back then? It's happening yeah, again. <laughs> it is. It in a big big way. Yeah. What was your favorite animated movie of the year, Mike? I only saw two animated movies that came out this year. Um The Mitchells versus the Machines, um which I watched just in the last couple days, um and Luca a while ago. And of the two, I'd say Mitchell's versus the machines is better. I didn't love it. Um, it was like, there were things about it that were great. Um, but it, you know, it's not, I don't know. It's not my favorite. Um, it's not something I would show my children just, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that movie. I love fast movies. I love movies that are like caffeinated, maybe, maybe cocained up, but that movie, that movie has the energy of a small child, uh, on two liters of Mountain Dew and a severe case of ADD. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's too fast. I yeah. I think of that movie as like a YouTube movie. Like that mm. thing came from and seems to fit very well as like an average YouTube video. <laughs> like, or when I go on a YouTube binge, that is the experience that I get with this movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that makes sense. Like based on on the movie, and I mean, so the movie is about like uh, a girl going off to college. So it's an older animated movie for sure. And mm-hmm. like the main character is the whole like premise is really funny. There's a lot of it, it is a lot it's of really fun funny. Lot of it's really yeah. funny. It is really funny. There's, there's a lot of great jokes in it, um, and a lot of stuff that's like I don't know. Uh, you know, remember in like you know, five years ago when everyone made fun of old people for not being able to use computers well. Yeah. Um, it did that a lot. And yeah. that's just like not, I don't think that's really that true anymore. No. Yeah. And also the movie felt like it's going to date itself very poorly in like 10 years. It felt very of its time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I will say that I think I, I used to say Mitchell's and the machine for some machines was better than Luca, but now Luca has become a staple in my household. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. weird. My son loves it. He just always wants Luca oh, on. Uh, Jesse, he's... didn't 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 we talk about this when Luca came out? Like how this was Mike. This might happen. Luca's going to become like it, like a, a a quiet classic. I think yeah. For us, it has, uh, and it's like, man, I I come to really enjoy it. Like that is the one that they have on. It's just like, you know, I kind of like that movie. I think that's fine. Yeah. Have that on. Uh, it doesn't drive me nuts. It doesn't, it never, ir- it's never irritating. And also yeah. it's got some really nice moments in there. Uh, it's a lovely movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a very nice, like summer fun movie of summer friendship. And yeah. Um, it's kind of like a modern day Fox and the Hound unexpectedly at the end. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got that same oh. sort of vibe. Um, yeah. Not nearly as crushingly bleak, which I do appreciate. Yeah. No, no, it's very hopeful. Um, yeah. yeah, very much about like growing up and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's grown on me, but Encanto is still my favorite. Cool. But what they do both have in common is no one wants to talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My son has started saying Silencio Bruno sometimes. Yeah. 
when he's doing something like no 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 you don't need to you don't need to say that phrase (laughs) (laughs) you you need a bruno in your head (laughs) you need to have some fear you you crazy child oh um also i don't know when else i'm ever going to be able to say this about luca because this never comes up as topic of conversation but bruno i'm pretty sure that's um the the other kid's dad i think that's why he says silencio bruno because he's trying to tell his dad not to tell him what to do anymore um oh. yeah just random you're, you're, fact you're asking me to remember <laughs> march uh yeah. i do yeah. vaguely remember this so this uh one of the the other the secondary the friend's dad right it turns out he abandoned his son and right. he's just been living out on his own and yeah he's been really kind of at first he uh kind of wanted his dad to come back and now he's trying to act like he's competent like he can do anything even though it's very clear he has no experience in the world so I think Silencio Bruno is his way of uh, trying to say. That would totally make sense being... because because otherwise it's so random, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That name. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's an Italian staple that I don't know about, but that's just a random theory that I had that gave it a little more meaning. I might like that movie more now. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, Mike, what was your favorite superhero movie? I think my favorite one um, of the year is actually Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yay! I thought I was very Shang, surprised. Shang-Chi. Shang, Shang-Chi. I'm sorry. Shang-Chi <laughs> um, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, uh, I actually really liked that movie. I thought it was really good. Um, very surprised that it was as good as it was. I was yeah. like not into the idea of the rings. Like just thinking about it. I was like, that sounds silly. And I was really just not into a new unknown Marvel superhero coming into the the world. I was like, I think they're just trying to Guardians of the Galaxy everybody now, you know. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. It was fun. It was funny. It was like there were some complex themes. Um, the rings were badass. Like hell yeah, super hell yeah. cool. Um, everything about it was great. Uh, also, I, watch, watching Tony Lung as the bad guy just like lay the beat down on some on some fools was awesome. It was, Holy it was cow, awesome. he's good. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I thought it, it was. It was cool, and I liked sort of the dynamics of the world were fascinating. Like the yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Marvel movies are getting some emotion, just a little bit of emotion <laughs> in there. Just a little bit. Just, it's like they're becoming. It's like they have human characters on screen or something. And they're I, and I like recognizing that. I like this time too. It wasn't just that the the son has daddy issues, but the the daughter does as well. I like that there was actually some more dynamism, except for like you know, sons pissed at dad. It's like no whole family, whole <laughs> family's got beef with you. <laughs> and he's actually the bad guy. Yeah. Very yeah. clearly, kind of just bad. Like yes, like they kind of redeem underst- his character, but it's like he's mostly bad. Yep, it's great. He's a bad guy. <laughs> I like they didn't try to make him a good guy at the end, but I did like how they showed why he was that way. Yeah. Um, was what I yeah. think I appreciated the most about that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I dug it. I, I have to say, my favorite superhero movie was actually, I mean, I, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. I just, I, I was talking to my wife about it, and we just remembered back when it came out on HBO Max, and and the the fun that we had, where Zack Snyder just said, you know what, like, it. like it, these are gods, all right? They're just gods. That's what we're doing. Uh, it's great gods. That that's. I hope you can you can catch up with us. And I like that it was so wild and crazy. I like that it was different and unique, and I like that it was long. Honestly, I don't think all of it worked. 
but there were some moments where as a as a fan of the DC comic world, I was really surprised by it. I really loved. And uh I am sad. I am a little sad that we're not going to get more of this flavor of DC stuff. Um because this was at least such a counterpoint to Marvel that I felt like every kind of the comics world was being shown. Um but as a, as a fitting epitaph, it is bloated, overlong, loud, uh violent and it, it's a it's a nice tombstone i think let it rest in peace don't tell me that it restarts that will make me like it less i like knowing that it's over <laughs> um but yeah that that was my favorite one how, how about you jesse is your favorite justice league oh no uh, oh. <laughs> no it's spider-man no way home oh, i had yeah, such a blast yeah. with that movie it was a huge blast in the theater i don't think objectively it's a good movie in any way um but but it's so much fun people people are so angry right now (laughs) you know yeah but like honestly i i it was one of those movies where i sat in the theater and my brain started to come on on some parts like why is this happening oh wait nope nope i'm just gonna enjoy this movie and i did i did just enjoy it because there's a if you turn off your brain completely Don't try to think about the plot. Don't think about the plot structure. Don't try to think about why characters are doing the things that they're doing. Um, And just kind of let yourself be taken up in a nostalgic flow. Because that's kind of all it is. It's a giant nostalgia fan service movie. Just be a fan. Just go go to this movie and be a fan for a while. And it's a good time. I I think I agree 100%. I think I agree 100%. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's uh, yeah. I have tons of issues with the movie. It, it did have some nice emotional moments, some some big emotional moments rather. Um, felt almost jarring at times, but it did it did work on me. I felt something for Tom Holland. Um, I felt I felt bad that he's getting kicked around so much. You know, I was like, oh, that sucks yeah, for you, dude. It does. That's a bummer. It does. It, it finally feels like you're you might actually be a real Spider Man, which is something I felt was lacking in the other two. So that was cool. Um, what, what what did you say, Mike? You're like, it only took them six hours to set up the new Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely had that feeling, too. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just, yeah, it was just a, a fun, huge, zany, wild blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I, have, I have huge issues with what this means for the world, like, <laughs> at large. Um, and yeah. I have huge issues with what this means for entertainment. But as an isolated, in a vacuum movie... Uh, yeah, it, there were moments it really did work moments yeah. that, that really sold me. Um, yeah, same. And when I think back it, on that movie, it, I'm not angry, I guess. <laughs> it, it had the best ending of any Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yes. I'm going to say that. It did. Yeah. That was a good ending. Only yeah. took him three movies. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're so down on these. I'm very sorry, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if, if, you know, if you grew up with these Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, um, or even if if you didn't, but you just happen to prefer them, uh, it, it's just not our cup of tea in in, in most shapes or fashions. Um, yeah, but but I am saying I enjoyed it. I, I have it over Shang Chi and Justice League, and what's the other one that I saw? Black Widow. Right. Is that it? Yes. Did yeah, I never saw the out? Eternals. Did you see Suicide Squad? Oh yeah. Oh no, I never saw Suicide Squad. But also, none of us have seen Eternals. Unfortunately, I'm waiting on oh, that Disney true. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> I don't I care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, maybe maybe getting off of superheroes then to something wildly different. Let's talk musicals, okay? There musicals. was actually a good amount of musicals that came out this year, which is weird. That's a weird thing that's occurring, uh, that there's a <laughs> lot of musicals. I love musicals. I'm, I'm super in the bag for them. Even a bad musical, I'm generally like, oh, I don't know. There's a song I liked somewhere. There's, a, there's an arc that, mm-hmm. I, that I enjoyed. And a movie, a movie musical that I thought I would really not like, that I was not in the bag for, for about 98% of, uh, was Annette. <laughs> and the last two percent yeah yeah you did i've the got last... bingo i've got bingo on my card already <laughs> I, I, I knew it's gonna be a net too <laughs> there's just a whole line on my card that's Vito says a net <laughs> uh might not be the last time i say it. um and the thing is uh... is that this movie if, if you if you want to hear my thoughts more in depth you can listen back to the my movie fix podcast uh that i did with with our good friend and collaborator sir uh spoilers he did not like the movie and i did uh, I don't even think I love this movie. I really like what it does. I love the music in particular. Um, I think the story is a, is pretty wonky and all over the place, and it's also really weird. And as far as I know, it's only me and one other person in the world that like it. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. I really liked it, and it made me sob at the end of it. So that's that's my favorite musical of the year, isn't it? Which one of you guys had a favorite musical? Like just in terms of like like musical as you know, as a musical, as, as songs that I think are really cool uh, and neat and catchy. I think it was Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm, I didn't really good. like the movie overall, but I did really like those songs are still stuck in my head. Um, it's 3090. Why? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. The opening 3090 is great. And then uh, there's also like a, this is life. Yes. So good. Uh, yeah. That was such, that's such a fun, energetic, that has such fun, energetic songs throughout. Um, and then also one of my favorites is not on the soundtrack, but it's referencing, uh, I can't remember who the movie is about, but it's referencing that guy's earlier musical. Um, mm-hmm. It's oh, the, 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 the sci-fi, sci-fi musical? One. Yeah, the sci-fi yeah. music. <laughs> is there anyone who's anyone? You know, I, yeah. I constantly had that tune stuck in my head pretty regularly. And it's, uh, yeah, I really love the, I love the music in that one. That's fun. It was a fun time. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that too. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom has been living in my head just as the original musical has, I've just been listening to it all year long, all year long. And and of course, no movie could live up to the unbearable weight of that expectation. Yeah. But I still listen to the songs on the soundtrack and yeah. the musical kind of back and forth. And I, I love I love them so much. Yeah. Sunday, I love Sunday. The, the bit about the, the diner yeah. on Sunday. I just, yeah. oh. Gorgeous. I, uh, I I will say I'm not sure if I'm ever going to watch the movie again, but I will listen to these songs again. I, I think I agree. Yeah. Although I have seen the clip I have rewatched is the therapy bit between him and Vanessa Hudgens. That is mm. amazing. Incredible work. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's almost acting where they're acting like dolls almost. Or yep. whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is a it's a weird scene. But yeah. <laughs> like I want to go and like almost analyze those lyrics. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've had fights that sounded like that too. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, what about you? Uh, uh, I I only got to two musicals this year. I like as the year was winding to a close. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't get to Tick Tick Boom. I didn't get to West Side Story. Um, but I did see Annette, and I saw it In the Heights. Um, and oh, of no. the two. Oh, of no. the two in the heights, <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually enjoyed in the heights. Um, mm-hmm. Annette was just that's it's just one too many for me. Um, I couldn't I couldn't make it work. I, I couldn't enjoy that movie at all. 
and um, I don't know. Can can the Sparks Brothers documentary work? Can that be a musical? Yes. A lot of why music not? It. Okay. It that is my favorite <laughs> musical. <laughs> that that I was just watching a little bit of it before we were doing the show. It's just I I love that that so much. Like when they open and they're like, "What is Sparks?" and they go. Sparks is a band. <laughs> who, who is Sparks? We are Sparks. <laughs> it's so, so funny to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go amazing. Ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's a fantastic documentary um, it, about people that have influenced all the music that you've ever listened to um, and you have never heard of. Uh, and it's it's made by Edgar Wright, um, who makes amazing movies, and he put mm-hmm. together a documentary that's. Very, very enjoyable. Even though I'm not like a huge, like I can't listen to Sparks that much. Um, do you have a Do you have a favorite Sparks track? N- no, probably not. Oh, that makes me sad. Oh. Yeah, you do though. I have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is like your not favorite song of theirs? Because uh, isn't it every the rit- one of them? <laughs> the Rhythm Thief is my least favorite song <laughs> from them. That song annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> but it's also amazing. <laughs> It's amazing they did it. Doesn't mean it's fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Um all right, uh best comedy. For me, the best comedy that I saw this year was The Suicide Squad. Um okay. I don't think this movie was very good I, because I think it's let down by its final 30 minutes pretty hard. Uh it which are aggressively violent and also kind of boring. Um, because then everyone turns into zombie things and then there's one big zombie thing you have to take down. And that's when, when the bad guys are a mindless horde, I really hate that. It just turns me off immediately. Um, I think it's, I think it's lazy. Yeah. And, but everything up to that was really working for me. I thought it was, even though maybe I think three quarters of the jokes work, but that that's great because there's at least five jokes every minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's just, there's one of the funniest things I've ever seen is in the beginning of this, where they uh, minor spoilers for the beginning of the suicide squad the the squad is is gearing up they're getting in the plane they got to go do the suicide mission they're pete davidson's there for some reason right there's a giant life-size weasel man who's there who can't talk who's just been licking the wall and and they get ready to go and the door comes down and everyone has to jump out in the water and the weasel jumps out and immediately starts drowning <laughs> and they say did no one check to see if weasel could swim and then and then he just dies he just drowns because he can't swim it's so funny they have to drag his body up on the on the shore um i i, I was laughing till i cried and uh I, I thought that was this is a really funny movie even if it's you know it's pretty body and it's incredibly violent but i thought it was it was a good time yeah yeah. Okay. Um, my uh, I, I my, my favorite kind of was Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this is hilarious. That was 2021, right? That came out oh, this year. Yeah. Um, that it, it was hilarious. It was a great yeah. time. Two forty uh, something year old uh, women best go to friends. Vista, yeah. Best friends from um, uh, I think they're Soft from Rock, the Midwest. Arkansas. Are they really from Arkansas? I thought that's what it was. They sound like they're from Wisconsin. I know. Um, and uh, they uh, they they haven't left their small town in years, and they go to Florida, <laughs> and it's great. It's fantastic. There's, yeah, it, it's it's got silly spy kids stuff in it that doesn't matter, and a whole lot Very of stuff dumb. that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a screwball it's, comedy. Yeah. It's great. I love it. 
I, Jamie Dornan's in it. I really loved every uh, moment of that movie when the women are together, when they're best friends and they're just like talking over each other, kind of reading each other's minds, responding to what somebody said before they even talk, finishing <laughs> each other's sentences. That yeah. dynamic is really funny. And that got me for the first half. But yeah, the second half, when it becomes more of an Austin Powers sort of thing, I don't like that as much. And then they no. were not together. And that really is like, well, I think the magic is kind of lost for me. But it's still yeah. a very funny time. Uh, yeah, I really I, like I that. loved it all the way through. And I mean, it's yeah. got like the fantastic, <laughs> like moral of the story is ending, which is just ridiculous. Tommy Bahama shows up. It's great. It's great. Ja- Jamie Dornan has an entire... A uh, musical number? Yes. <laughs> does. You're stealing from my funniest moment of the year, Vito. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 a brief correction. It's Soft Rock, Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh, um, so. how, how about you, Jesse? Is yours also uh, uh, Barb and Starbra? Barb and Starbra? I think it's like a three-way tie because strictly Oh, so speaking, just like the movie. So just like the movie. Just like the movie. <laughs> Uh, it's, um, yeah, Barb and Star, that was the only strictly comedy movie I think I've seen this year. So it's up there and it's also just, it it is a a screwball good time. But then also I, I think there were some, I think a lot of movies are becoming more funny now. So there, a lot of movies are basically still a comedy. So like, uh, I'd say Spider-Man No Way Home had lots, I laughed a lot in that movie. In fact, I think that's one of the more appealing aspects of it. That and the nostalgia. Otherwise, I don't think that movie works. And also, Nobody. I laughed a lot during Nobody. I thought oh, no, Nobody, nobody was, was really very funny. funny. It's very super funny. Hilarious. Is it a um, comedy, though? Like, Nobody isn't a comedy. I mean, it's really funny, but there's so many I think dead you could people say, at the end. I think you could so? say it's like a dark comedy. A dark <laughs> yeah. action comedy. Yeah. Because okay. okay. like, the, okay. the next genre from action... It would. It's not a drama, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. And is Thor, yeah, Thor yeah. Ragnarok a comedy? I don't know. I guess some people. I don't. It's just an MCU genre, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th- they, those All tend right. to be comedies. Yeah. Like that's a staple of MCU at this point. You have to be funny. Yeah. Um, or at least try to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> Uh, you, try, yeah. you have to have the, the corporate approved joke structures uh, throughout your movie. In order oh, you to do, yeah. You, you must undercut, you have to undercut every single moment of dramatic tension. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Uh, let's, uh, so jumping off of best comedy, Mike, what is the funniest moment for you from any I comedic mean, thing you saw? I mean, Jamie Dornan had two uh, song and dance routines in movies this year, and his best one came in Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was amazing. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, go go watch the movie. I mean, well, it's it's a little adult, uh, but it's hilarious. Um, if you're if you're over the age of, I don't know, whatever, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love, yeah, love that song uh, that he sings. It's great. It is a wild time. I will see that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Jesse? What's your What's your uh, comedy moment of the year? Honestly, uh, it was in Spider Man. Uh, nice. There was this. There were these two jokes. They're both about Electro. That really just had me laughing. Uh, <laughs> there's this one part where it's Electro and Sandman talking about their 
<laughs> their origins. And then <laughs> Electro explains it as the place where I worked at. They were experimenting with electricity created by living organisms, and then I fell into a bat of electric eels. And Hammond goes, you're kidding. I fell into a super collider. Damn. <laughs> gotta be careful where you fall. <laughs> I like that's so it's so stupid. It's so, yeah. it's so stupid that you have to be careful where you fall. And that that's a line. I thought, yeah, that really got me. Um, I, I just love that that so much of superhero powers is like dependent on just pure chance. Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> gotta be careful where you fall, man. Okay, that, that's immoral here. Um and then also Andrew Garfield is a line leader in the movie. It's like Oh, you know, Max, he was like the sweetest guy ever before he fell into a vat of electric eels. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they were really doubling down on it. You know, they're really doubling down. <laughs> oh, shit. That was really funny. Um, yeah. Anything digging into Electro as as a character from that movie, I thought was hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, that, w- that was my really funny laugh out loud moment of the year in, in the theaters with everybody. Yeah, that was fun. I remember in, in, in my screening, uh, everyone did lose their minds multiple times in that movie. Like, there was laughing, there was crying, like, there was some extreme emotions occurring there around were. me. There <laughs> oh, yeah. it was, were. It was a little too much for me. Um, yes. I didn't quite get that. But I did laugh at those parts. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. No, I, I laughed a good amount, too. I, I'm trying to remember some of the jokes. I did remember those ones. Uh, there was a couple ones. Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to waste airtime trying to remember them. Um, my favorite one, I'm sure, as you guys know... Because uh, I've repeated it several times through this year because it never stops being funny. It's I, uh, hello, <laughs> I am dog. <laughs> this is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Uh, it's, it's, from, <laughs> it's, it's from the Mitchells versus the Machines. And it's just a cutaway joke. It's like 10 seconds long. And, and, I, and I cried. I, I, I was doubled over in my living room. I was sobbing. I had to rewind it multiple times. Um, it's just a joke where they're like, you know, and then, and then we help dogs learn how to speak. And it goes to a dog who has like a little collar on. And and then he just says in this really like apologetic voice, hello, I am dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what I think the funniest thing about this joke is though, is that Vito just like every month at some point he remembers this joke and just like goes hysterical he cannot talk anymore he can't he can't communicate with people that's it's amazing it's amazing because like that's not even the funniest joke in the movie Vito. there's funnier jokes i I know but i don't remember them i don't remember those jokes that's just the only thing and i i love it i love it so much that's Um, awesome and i i it's so rare that that I, i get to get like the the intense giggles and that one, it just does it for me, man. I, I got to be careful with how I use it because yeah. I want it to last me for until I find the next one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that brings us back into a movie that we've already talked about uh, in our best action category. Uh, for me, that that's nobody. Nobody, hands down, mm. best action I saw this year. Holy shit. I did not know Bob Odenkirk could do this. And I did not know that I would be getting the next film from uh, the director of Hardcore Henry would be a movie not only like light years better, but also <laughs> is not nearly so like schizophrenic in mm-hmm. how he uses his camera, but the fights felt grounded. They felt real. They, it was just such a blast. I just had a blast watching this movie and uh, I loved it. I loved it a lot. So nobody had the best action for me. Yeah. 
I think that's a great pick. It was between Nobody and No Time to Die for me, and oh. I I've got No Time to Die as the best action. That felt like it felt like old school. You know, it felt like old school big blockbuster action that I normally look for in action movies. Sometimes, like Nobody did have. I felt like it was more violent, and action movies tend to be moving that way, but. Sometimes I just want the big stunts, the big explosions, and No Time to Die has that in spades. Yeah, the the, the stairwell sequence from the, the the latter part of that movie was amazing. Oh it's yeah, just, oh it's incredible. Yeah. He looks so tired, you know. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a stairwell sequence and the whole like in the what I don't, whatever that island is, um, and in that little factory that they're in, and and there's also like the whole part in is it Italy or Greece? It's Italy. Right where he's like swinging from the top of a bridge down to the bottom, like oh uh, right, right, racing around with his girlfriend to get her to a train. Uh, yeah, we got car chases in cities and in the mountains and in the, yeah, and in world the hopping, trees. traveling, and yeah. he goes to Cuba Ex- at one point, exploding graves. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 just a wild, crazy. Explosion filled time. Love it. No yeah. one expects that was, the grave to blow up. They're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely, that was definitely, I, I had a hard time. I was going number one, number two, number one, number two. And today I just happened to say nobody. But yeah, the no time to die action is incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I had, I have both of those on my list and I've got one more actually. Mm. Um, the green. I one. don't know if this really counts. I think it counts. The harder they okay. fall. I think the heart oh, yeah. of fall. I think that's an action movie. It's a western. Oh, yeah. It's actiony. It's so an much action. awesome movie. It's so yeah. much fun. I loved it. Um, and uh, uh, that's what matters the most is what I love. Um, yeah. Because this is my list. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. I, oh my gosh, it was just great. Uh, the gunslinging and the fighting, the battle at the end it's it's all it's all fantastic. the battle at the end is insane like, it's, it's, insane. it's really insane it, it um, almost goes too far it might it might yeah. last a little too long but it's still yeah. just really fun yeah I, I agree uh yeah solid picks solid picks guys nice. <laughs> uh nice. but pivoting away because i don't think any of those are going to be the answer to this next question uh best drama uh for me the best drama i saw this late this year was the last duel um it it's been a long time since i've seen a movie like that that deals with such complicated subject matter and has so much it's so much going on inside of it and the characters are constantly we're seeing through these fractured narratives what might have happened until we finally get the truth at the end uh i thought it was gorgeous and i felt challenged by it i felt like i was watching a movie for adults which is like what the best dramas always make me feel uh, I didn't feel talked down to at any time. And when I walked away, I just felt like, finally, when when movies were for adults, damn it, <laughs> bring this time back. Not everything has to have a wink and a nod. And this one doesn't. Yeah. Um, the Last Duel for me was the best drama I saw. That's awesome. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, I think, I think I'm with you, Vito. In terms of just like real drama, like real crazy shit happening and adults all having very different viewpoints and it getting that across very well this movie um Mm -hmm. and then like coming to a dramatic conclusion this movie did that the best um yeah this that movie has like real real drama like everything you can think of thrown in there scorching yeah uh 
Yeah, it's it, it's really something. Um, that'll definitely come up later for me. Anyway, yeah, absolutely um, for me too. Yeah, is that your favorite drama too? Yeah, I That's think so. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, ah! mine too. It's a trifecta. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's drama trifecta. Hooray! Love I love it. And That's I, great. You know, this this is really this category is where I was so sad that we were missing out on some of the movies because I principally missed out on dramas, and that mm-hmm. really sucks. But um, we tried our best. We tried our best, and mm-hmm. I think the last duel is really good even if those movies are really good too. So, yeah. It's just the I'm going to say like, there's thing. other movies that could go here. And I did like I didn't see musicals because I was like I'm going to see these dramas and I saw some that like could fit in here, but like is in terms of like just a solid like like you said like a an adult movie. Like this is a movie for adults, not like a, an adult film, you know. <laughs> uh, but like a grown-up movie. Like, this is just, it's the sort of thing that I haven't seen in years, um, mm-hmm. where it's like this this plot that's serious, and things are serious, and it goes from here to here, and it's big! It's important! It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and that's that's why. The other things that, like, I might have liked better or whatever, there's a lot of reason, reasons for that. Yeah. You know? But in terms of drama, this gets... The drama, spot on. Yeah. And it's yeah. so well crafted. And sometimes I feel like a well crafted drama is just like, I don't know, like popping a giant balloon or something and just watching it all explode. Yeah. And right. That happens. Oh, it's this movie's so juicy. Like, I don't know? think there's a <laughs> single scene that this movie shouldn't have or could yeah. not yeah. have. You know, yeah. like everything here, like a single scene or a single extra, you know, yeah. like, like everything here is necessary. And that's amazing because there's so much of it. There's so many extras. There's so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Ridley yeah. Scott is awesome. <laughs> a Love Lord, him. an 80 yeah. year old Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cranking out two movies this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which is also um, why I was disappointed didn't see House of Gucci because I like The Last Duel a lot. And it's like uh, Ridley Scott, Adam Driver again? I'm not going <laughs> to see it. Ugh. What a year for Adam Driver. Holy shit. I know. Um, which brings us to biggest surprise of the year. For me, again, it was Annette. This question, the biggest surprise movie of the year, the movie you were most surprised you liked for me was Annette because. I knew nothing about this. I didn't see a trailer. I just knew Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. I didn't even know who Sparks was at this point. And I watched it and I didn't even like it until the end. <laughs> so the end, I'm just like, I don't know what happened to me with this movie. Uh, but yeah, because I was ready to go with that two stars, man. I was ready. This movie lags really hard in the middle. And I was like, I don't, what did I get myself into? There's a doll now. Why is there a doll? Um, but yeah. My biggest surprise that I liked was was hmm. how, how, how about Mike? Were you surprised at how much you didn't like it? No, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, uh, no my uh, wait is this for like our biggest surprise just in general or just uh, well, we, big, we have biggest disappointment next? Oh, so. okay, okay. Oh, the biggest surprise I liked was the French Dispatch. Um, I uh, will have more to say about that later. Okay. I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, I did. That's, that's where we'll leave you <laughs> All right. for now and more to come. Stick around, guys. Oh, yeah. It's going to get interesting. <laughs> Very that's good. How about great. you, Jesse? Yeah, my, my biggest surprise was Stillwater. I, yeah. I went in expecting it to be like an adult version of Taken or like, you know, a, a more political version of Taken or something like that. Or more of like, uh, 
I don't know, almost like a docudrama, if you know what I mean, because it's supposedly based off true events, even though it's not really the case. Um, instead, it's something completely different, and I kind of left not knowing what I had seen. So it was a surprise, and then I, yeah, I can say I like that movie. Uh, Very and cool. I, again, I'll probably talk about it later. I missed it. I missed it. I I did not get a chance. I I, I wish I had. It's yeah. Uh, it's well, I don't want to make. It's surprising. I don't want to make you spill the beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, I guess that brings us to the biggest disappointment of the year yeah. uh, for me. For me, it was old. Um, <laughs> all, Wait, you had all... expectations of that movie, <laughs> which tells you how bad it was. <laughs> Uh, so I, I've been out on M night for a little bit now. Um, I used to like him a lot. I still like a lot of his movies, but recently really had a hard time with the fella. And, uh, I was, I was wondering with old, is he going to kind of get back to the, back to his roots a little bit again, get back to his roots again. Cause he has to keep doing this. Then he keeps going off and doing other things and they suck. Uh, so this is like a twilight zone premise. You go to the beach, the beach makes you old. Oh, how do we get out of the old beach? Who knows why? I don't know. Uh, no, this uh, to all the people who who enjoyed this, I'm very happy for you. To all the people calling this a masterpiece, I don't think so, and I think that that's a wrong take to have. Uh, this man, the bad movie, in in my opinion, this is the worst movie I saw this year. Uh, yeah, abysmal. <laughs> I have, I have nothing good to say about it. Not even worse, a performance. Worse than Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead was fun at many points. At some point. <laughs> yeah, it, it had moments. some enjoyable moments. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. I, I didn't like, there was one moment near the end of old that I liked, but it just did not belong in the movie whatsoever. Yeah. I was like, oh, I like this because it's so radically insane. And then it was over in like 30 seconds. Um, so like one YouTube channel that we watch a lot, I'm just telling the audience, is, uh, is pitch meetings. And I saw the pitch meeting for old. <laughs> There's one part where he pitches to the producer that he's going to have six-year-olds <laughs> grow up and then have sex with each other. And then the six-year-old's going to get give birth to a child. And yep. the producer just goes, <sighs> I could have been a doctor. <laughs> that is a thing that happens. And then we get to watch as the baby dies because it could not it couldn't eat enough to sustain its growth on the old beach uh that's a thing that does happen um it's very unpleasant that's awful it's yeah it's bad okay well that is just a huge bummer um (laughs) (laughs) old don't watch it (laughs) okay i'm not yeah I, I honestly only watched the pitch meeting so that way I could understand what this movie was. And then I saw that and I'm like, okay, I'm never seeing this I'm never The movie is, they go to the beach and they get old. <laughs> yeah. I, also, yeah. one of them's a racist. <laughs> I, and there's, there's, there, there should be no more airtime devoted to this movie. Okay. Uh, Jesse, right. <laughs> Jesse, how big, what, what let you down this year? Uh, for me, it was uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, uh, let me down in a ooh. big way. So uh, I stabbed right in this, the heart. I, I had not watched many DCU movies. I had seen Superman and Wonder Woman, and I didn't like Superman at the time. But I went back and rewatched it just so I could watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I really enjoyed uh, the Man of Man Steel. Of Steel. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What a weird take on superheroes. And I was, I was digging it. I enjoyed the theme and everything that was being presented. And then I saw Batman vs Superman, the director's cut uh, for the first time. Three you hours, baby. You know what? I enjoyed that too. Yeah. I thought that good. was a good time. Pretty good. And then I got here and I just thought it was super bland. I like I was enjoying the themes from the other two and like the idea of like, I don't know, a, a god that nobody wants, and then specifically that Batman doesn't want, and he just beats the shit out of him. And then I it's like Bruce Wayne kind of becomes a little bit of a zealot in this one and just wants to recruit people. The Flash is a battery. The cyborg is a glorified hacker who, be, who that's all they use him for, even though he's the most powerful superhero I've literally ever seen on screen. There's a few good moments, but I don't think it was worth the four and whatever hours that I devoted to this. So yeah, my biggest disappointment. And also just, I felt it was bland and very gray. It's like, I didn't get a lot of style and theme. And I was expect I don't know. Like I was expecting more. I, I I'm sorry to hear it didn't work for you. That sucks. Yeah, what can you do? Zach. Maybe just hang it up, you... Zach. Maybe just hang it up. <laughs> I don't know. After, you... after after the Army of the Dead, we are all out on you. <laughs> I really am. Like at this point, I'm just like, I got disappointed pretty heavily twice in a row. What do you think about his new um, not Star Wars, Star Wars movie that's coming to Netflix? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He, like, he wrote a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, I can't do Star Wars. It's pretty easy to take out the Star Wars elements. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's really weird that they're like promoting it this way, too. Like, I feel like there's going to be a major like lawsuit in here. eventually. Is, um, what's it called? I don't know. Not no Star Wars. <laughs> Zack Snyder's not Star Wars. Exactly. That'll be the title. Zack Snyder's not Star Wars. Chapter one. <laughs> Chapter one. Hi, Luke Storm <laughs> Walker. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh <laughs> Join the Jedim Temple. <laughs> <laughs> the Jedim Church, Jesse. Church. Come on. Temple. Too close. Oh, we gotta feat the Simph. <laughs> gotta go defeat the Simph. Okay, my biggest disappointment was the card counter. I was pissed off oh, about the yeah. card counter. I'm still pissed off about the card counter. That should have been a good movie, and it wasn't, and it really makes me angry. There is no really reason why gears. there's no reason why it shouldn't have been a good movie. It, there's yeah. no reason why it shouldn't have been. And it is not good. I'm sorry yeah. to all, also to all the people again, who are like, like influential critics who are like really loving this movie. I don't see what you're seeing. I don't know there if what you're seeing is here. Fascinating things that it does. Um, like this, there's things that he does with cinematography that are really cool. Oscar Isaac is really great. And it just does not work at all. Yeah. I, I can't think of, I can't think of one thing that I liked in the movie. And I, I think everyone is miscast with the exception of Willem Dafoe. Honestly, I even think Oscar Isaac is miscast. He, I think he, he needs to be older. Um, I think he's too young. I, yeah. What? I think, I think, I think the, the core cast, Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish and Ty Sheridan are all terribly cast and they just need to try again. Willem Dafoe was great, but yeah, yeah I don't, I mean, I don't he always is. Else. He's he always great. Yeah. Yeah. He was the best part of, of the movie when he was on the screen. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But it's not very often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big disappointment. Could have been something. But then, Mike, I have to ask you, I have to turn around. So if we're talking about the best performance of the year now, this next question of ours, is it Willem Dafoe in the card counter? <laughs> <laughs> Close. Close. Um, this is hard, man. Uh, so we've said uh, it can be an actress or an actor or both. It's up. It's it's dealer's choice. There's a lot of good acting this year. There's a lot of stuff that's really good. I mean, I, Oscar Isaac in the card counter does a great job. Um, and that that was something that was really surprising about the movie was that it was such a shitty movie and he was such a good actor um, and did such a good job in this role. But um, we need to circle back. Yeah, you guys <laughs> go first. You guys go first. Okay. I, I've got too many names here. Yeah, do you have one, Jesse? Ready to go? You know, it's funny that you're saying the acting is so great because I'm looking at the acting and I think it's 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 good, but not like really great. I have a hard time thinking of something like particularly great. I do I do love um Nicolas Cage and Pig. Mm. I'm not sure if that's him being a great actor or rather he fits the role better than I have ever seen him fit a role before. Um but it I think that works. That he's really very worked. haunted. He's really haunted in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like the utter outcast, which Nicolas Cage can play very well because he has a hard time playing normal people really well. So to see him like kind of just out there, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. And also when he yells at the kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the most Nicolas Cage thing I've seen in a very long time. Uh, um, very good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I will shout out Matt Damon. Not for any one movie, but every movie I've seen him in this year has been pretty consistent. He was in uh, No Sudden Move. Yep. Um, I, he's not particularly great. Oh, yeah, that's he's there, right. And he's Whoa. unexpectedly there, and you forget that he's there, but he plays it really well. He's just like a businessman or whatever. And then he, he was in Stillwater, wildly different, um, just playing like a you know, sturdy, straightforward dad. Um, and then also in uh, The Last Duel, where he plays... Very good like, in The Last Duel. Yeah, very, very good. good. Oh very God. good. Amazing. Um, and super different than anything I've ever seen him do before. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how to classify that, like, mullet man, king of the... Not king, but something of a castle. I don't. I can't even remember what his title is. But he's just he, like he's a knight. He, he actually gets to be a knight eventually. That's right. He's a knight, um, and he owns. You know, I don't know how feudalism works, but <laughs> <laughs> but he owns an, an area <laughs> with a yes. castle. I don't know, and he's. You know, we'll probably talk about it later, but yeah, uh, just shout out to that guy for being so wildly different and very consistent this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's had a great, a great year. Uh, I mean, it was a spoiler, I think, for No Sudden Move when it came out. I think that movie's been completely forgotten now. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was so surprising to me, like watching it day and date on HBO Max. And then he's just there. And I was like, you just interstellar me again, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. Uh, my best performance of the year was Ana de Armas and No Time to Die. <laughs> I was so hoping what? you guys wouldn't say it because Ana de Armas and No Time to Die was amazing. 
Like it was for me, it was the best part of the movie. And it made me so angry that they just didn't decide to just make this the movie. Cause the movie like came alive <laughs> when she was there. And I've never seen her be so charming as like a kind of a bumbling, but secretly genius, like secret agent. And the relationship like playing off with Daniel Craig, it really evokes the, uh, the knives out relationship they have. Like there's a moment of like, will they, won't they? And she shuts it down really quickly. <laughs> Yeah. I like I like how much she drinks, <laughs> and the action scene is is really kick ass. I don't know. I had the most some of the most fun I've had in a theater this year in that scene, and I was really sad when when she was off the screen again. I was like, well, what was even the point of that? Why that was so good? Bring that back. Um, yeah, I just I thought she was incredible. I honestly that I felt like the whole scene was there so that in all the ads they could show her in that dress, um, mm. and in all the trailers. Because, you know, that's uh, pretty low cut. And so you got to have a Bond girl who's who's absolutely sexy. And frankly, having a mom as a Bond girl is not very sexy. So she's the only choice there. Hey, hey, step back. <laughs> step away from, from Lea Seydoux here, dude. Come on. Uh, I mean, it's possible. But I had, I had the best time that I've had in a sure. while. And I found yeah. her wildly charming and... Um, I think I think she was having the best time of anyone in that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's right. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. That was the best in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> and I picked her over Dev Patel, so that should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good role. Yeah, great. All right, uh, let's let's burst through these last two questions. Last question. Wait, 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 wait. I think I've come to it. I think I've come oh, yeah? to my my oh, yeah, my yeah. best my best. Um, it's Sorsha Ronan's eyes. Uh, in the French Dispatch, that's what it is. Um, I'm sorry. Did you? Did, no, did, I'm was kidding. that a name? <laughs> Sersha Ronan. Ah, Sersha. No, um, that's a joke. That's a she joke. You guys didn't get her eyes. Like when did you see her eyes? Yeah, it's beautiful. Don't really um, no. So I just watched the movie Spencer last night. Right. Um, and I've just been sitting with it, and it's a weird movie. Did you either of you guys see it? No, I missed it. Kristen Stewart does something in it and it's different. Um, and I was, uh, I'm left wondering if it's the best acting I've ever seen or the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's like, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, it's probably neither. Like, but it's, it was, it was very impressive uh, coming out of Kristen Stewart. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know what, Kristen okay. Stewart, you get my vote this year. Very wow, cool. That is a left field pick. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She might be in line for the Oscar this year. You never know. Um, I can't. I hope to get to that movie before we get to that that conversation. Um, yeah. But now, so we've mentioned a bunch of movies. Some of them might be on our list. Some of them definitely are not. Uh, and I just have to ask: Does anyone have any any runner up before we get into this? You got you got one that you just really kind of wanted in the ten, but just couldn't do it. So I, I it's not one that I kind of wanted in the ten, but was left out. Which which is the Green Knight, mostly because oh. of the rewatchability factor. Mm. Anytime, even though I I like this movie, I still like thinking and talking about it. But anytime I thought of sitting down to watch the movie again, I remember being really bored, and really just not wanting to do it. So I left it out of the top ten because I think rewatchability is kind of a factor. Uh, Very much so. With the uh, with my favorite ten movies of the year. Sometimes there can be like that thing where the movie you saw was so important or it shook you so deeply that like it has to be in the top 10, like uh, the slash, the, sorry, not the slash film cast, the film cast 
in their top 10, uh, Jeff Kanata names one that he says he'll never be able to watch again. And I would have a really hard time just personally putting a movie in the top 10 that I would never want to watch again. I can understand if it's something that seems so important. Like if this was the year that Schindler's List came out, for example, um, you know, you'd really want to make that the number one movie, uh, maybe just because of like sheer cultural importance or anything like that. But when I make lists, I try not to, to that seems a little boring to me. I think it should be a really personal thing. You shouldn't be trying to like make a list for the culture. You know, it's it's like to what you're saying, Jesse, the rewatchability factor is so personal to each person. Mm-hmm. I think that should be presented. I should that, that should be represented. And there shouldn't no one should have to like feel bad that they left off an important movie, quote unquote, um, just because I don't know, you don't want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bum me the hell out. Not watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think Belfast Belfast for me is a runner up. Um, I, uh, I wasn't as good as I hoped it was going to be. Um, but I think that there's some rewatchability to it. So like, I, it's the sort of movie that I could watch with my kids. And I think that I'll probably enjoy more seeing it with them as they get a little bit older. Um, there's a lot that's to love about it. It's, you know, it's a story of a family of a good father and a good mother taking care of their kids in hard times. And that's, that's something worth, uh, worth seeing. And it's done very well throughout. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I There was a lot to like about Belfast, even though it, it's not going to make it into the top 10 for me. What very nice. I, 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 I can't wait to check that out, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to mention two here. Uh, number one is No Time to Die. Um, did not make oh, it into yeah. my top 10. Number, number, I have it at number 12. Um, okay. Yeah, I... I we, we'll get to, I think it might be it might be later on in the discussion, and so we might talk about it there. But uh, for me, it just didn't work. Uh, it just didn't work completely, and I really wanted it to work a little bit better. I think specifically the the villain. I had a problem with the villain. But the other one I wanted to really talk about though is is Titan. I, I had to leave Titan out of the top ten. It's at eleven, <laughs> um, and I, honestly, I'm doing it because the content's really extreme. Uh, it's a really extreme, very graphic, pretty pretty up movie. And I, I honestly couldn't recommend it to literally any single person in my life ever. But when I saw it, it made me feel a lot of stuff about family, about the choices that we make when we're younger, about how we have to live with the consequences of our actions, uh, regardless of, of how shitty the circumstances are. Um, yeah, it pulled a lot of deep feelings out of me, even if I will probably never really watch it again. And I can't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> so that's, that's Titan and No Time to Die off of my list. But uh, number 10, Jesse, my friend, what is your top 10 movie of 2021? Uh, I already mentioned it, and it's probably the last time we're going to be talking about this. Spider-Man No Way Home. Again, such a great time in the theater. I don't think that'll be replicated maybe ever or at least for a very long time. Like, like I guess I wasn't there for Endgame, but like I haven't been to a movie with that many... like gasps laughs applause and just general like commotion and thrill um it ever i don't think um which was annoying um i was i realized how much of a dad i was when like just a grumpy old i felt like a grumpy old man sitting in front being like there's teenagers in the back shut the f Stop, please enjoy the fucking movie. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to just. There was some lady who said shh at one point, and I did laugh really hard at that too. Um, nice. 
but yeah, it, but like it did give this feeling that this is like an electrifying experience. And I, I was along for this crazy ride, which I don't think I'm ever going to get again. And I am really looking forward to showing this to my kids because I know like just judging by the 10 year olds reaction behind me, their minds were blown. And I want that so much for my kids. And I'm, this made me really excited to show them superhero movies for Probably the like I've been kind of down on them, so I I think this wow it, it was cool wait to have this that this resurrected in you like the desire to show to show um, superhero movies to your kids this, or like like I, reinforced not, maybe maybe not as a genre but yeah I I at least it resurrected like wanting to show a superhero movie to my kid <laughs> namely this one or okay. Spider Man in general because like seeing okay. all the Spider Man and just hearing the kids reactions like yeah I want that for my kids I want that to happen. That's cool. That's cool, man. So yeah. I'll, I'll 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 break my oath of silence about this movie to say oh, I had the exact opposite reaction walking out of this movie. <laughs> I felt more cynical about um about movies in general, about uh about superhero movies than I ever have. Um, yeah. and I was like, I'm gonna swear this off. But then hearing you talk about like listening to the kids get their mind blown, it was I was brought back to being a ten year old. I would have loved the shit out of this movie. I would have, this would have been my favorite movie of the year. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Any year, if I had seen this when I was 10 and, you know, 10 years or 20 years from then, I would start a podcast beginning with the Tom Holland Spider-Man. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, <laughs> yeah. like this is, and so I'm kind of like, like I'm at this point where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm the old man yelling at cloud. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is not, um, like I went to my in-laws house and she's got a, a lot of younger siblings, some who are like high school and, and college age. And they're like, Oh, did you see Spider-Man? Did you love it? I was like, I don't want to talk to you about like, did you, did you love it? Tell me why you loved it. That's yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and yeah. that, that gives me a little more hope thinking about it like that. Like, you know what? Like kids really do like, this is really something awesome. Yeah. It, it is. I will say it is so easy to be cynical about this. If you just take a look at it, like it, it seems like it was just made it literally the, the plot is just an absolute mess. And they, they shoehorn a whole secondary plot that does not need to happen, which is, I guess, spoilers for no way home. The whole multiverse sequence doesn't yeah. need to be there in the slightest. Yeah. You, they basically hit pause when Dr. Strange starts doing the spell and they continue that story at the very end when he says, all right, erase everybody's minds right yeah like that's it like yeah. the story was on pause and they had this basically it seems like for marketing opportunities and for franchising and to include these people in i'm sure later films it's probably gonna happen and that's really sad and kind of shitty and then also if you think about the ending and it's just like well like it almost feels like you are screwing you've screwed up spider-man so bad that you're basically starting over with him because like, yeah, I have a lot of issues and it is really easy to be cynical, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think all that stuff is valid, but the thing is, it works. <laughs> the middle and, schoolers had a good time. That's what matters. Like, I, I had a good time, too. That's that's the yeah. thing. Like, I had a good time, even though I know that this is nothing more than a cynical cash grab of a crazy property. And also... The reason why they made everybody forget about Spider-Man is because Marvel's lost the opportunity or uh, lost, might lose the right for Spider-Man. 
Like apparently they had a three movie deal. Um, yeah. I think they. Have, I think they have another one. I think. I think they ironed out how like he's never not going to be with Marvel, but he might be in some Sony stuff uh, in the meantime. Okay. Yeah, but did it, you stick it, around for the end credits sequence? Which one? Uh, both the middle of them? one. Oh, the middle one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the middle yeah. one. Did did what happened in the end one? It's a trailer for the multiverse of it's madness. A trailer. It's literally just a trailer. They ha- stopped See, this is- hiding it and just like, all right, full trailer, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will I, say I some of, some of the biggest laughs I did get from the movie was from because I just seen uh, again. This is some spoilers here for Spider Man No Way Home end credit scene. If that matters to you, um, but at the end of also spoilers for Venom, let there be carnage. I guess that's already the spoiler. <laughs> If I don't really know. Care I'm about fucking that going for oh, it. Oh, we didn't talk about that in comedies. That was great. That was a great was, screwball comedy. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things that I saw, though, was just like him super drunk in the bar. <laughs> the symbiote is like, she's trying to talk to the bartender about what's going on. The symbiote's like, let's go skinny dipping. And he's like, no, we're not going skinny dipping, okay? <laughs> and so after he spends all this time just getting shit housed at the bar, he just gets transported back to his own time. I thought that was great. I laughed. Yeah, um, that was really funny. Okay, cool. Uh, Mike, number 10. Number 10, The Harder They Fall. I love oh. The Harder They Fall. It was fun. It was we great. Are, have... We matched. We no matched. Way. Uh, number 10 is The Harder They Fall. Yeah. No way. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I talked a little bit about it already. I don't have a lot to say about it other than it, it's just a ton of fun. Um, like, it's bloody and it's it's violent. Uh, it's um, so kind of the, the premise of it is... Um, it's uh, Jonathan Majors' um, dad gets killed by a bad guy, um, played Idris by Idris Elba. Elba. I don't yeah. remember. Their, Nat Love is is Jonathan Majors. I don't remember Idris. Right? Is Nat Love? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember Idris Elba's name. But I don't so the movie is about Jonathan Majors trying to get revenge on Idris Elba, and there's like all this world building. But the idea is that all of these, um, all these. Uh, black people from the old west are they're real they're all real characters the story is not um but there are portions of the legends that are told about them um and it's really cool the music's really cool like the uh the costumes are are really cool there's a they're lot of color so cool they're amazing yeah. costumes they're yeah. like they are the, the everything about this movie on a technical level is like jaw-dropping i yeah. think the script has some real issues yeah i think it's a it's it's too long yeah. But it looks great. It sounds great. Everyone looks fantastic. Everyone has so much confidence and charisma walking oh around gosh, this movie. So much charisma. It's it's oh. it's unbelievable, honestly, uh, that they got so much amazing, uh, specifically black talent to to be in this, yeah. portraying these real life people in this sort of like made up comic booky legends movie. <laughs> so Vito, we were talking about this. Um, a lot of people have compared it to Tarantino. Yeah, um, there's it is Tarantino esque, but there's something else, and I'm trying to remember what it was that we were saying. It was a little more like I don't I don't remember specifically. I, yeah, a, a big okay. issue that I have with people saying it's Tarantino esque is that I think what they're saying specifically is that it's very violent and the dialogue uh, can be filthy and it has a lot of back and forth quipping that happen and um, it's like fast paced sort of things. Happen, yeah, like in quick like visual jokes, like when they go to the yeah. light town um, right. and and that sort of thing. 
but I, I think it's a different style than that. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's aping Tarantino. I think that just in a post Tarantino world, if something looks kind of like this, it's just gonna be it's just gonna look like that, and mm -hmm. people are gonna say that about it. Um, but I don't think it's that as much, and I think that people should should not use it in such a derogatory fashion and say that. I think it actually is a pretty unique artistic vision, uh, and I think it's a very unique voice. And uh, I think I think people, if you if you think that, give another shot. I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong, but I don't agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number 10, I already shared, it's the harder they fall for me. I have nothing mm -hmm. else to add. Uh, I, I think it's great. Um, number nine, Jesse. Yeah, number nine uh, was Quiet Place Part 2. Still really enjoy the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's on our top 10 list? <laughs> what? <laughs> you could hear Mike and I's opinions about this movie in a previous episode. I really enjoyed The Quiet Place, and I really enjoyed the sequel. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I, I've already said everything there is to say about this movie, and, <laughs> and Mike's I'm jaw... I'm in a quiet place, because I'm so stunned. <laughs> You're really stunned that this is there? That this could be I, there? I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, Jesse. <laughs> So I know Vito hates this movie and Mike hates this movie. And I really like this movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's such nine. a strong word. It is a really strong <laughs> word. There are so many worse movies than this movie. That so, is true. Yeah. We can all agree on that. All I right. mean, it's not old. <laughs> it's not it old. It is not no. old. <laughs> it's, it's basically uh, competent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if you want to listen to our previous episode on Quiet Place and the Quiet Place Part 2, you can go back and listen to those. Please do. Hear... Please don't? No, I said no, please do. I said oh, please, please do. Like, why would you not want people to listen to our own episodes? It's because Vita uh, wasn't there. Dom, joined... <laughs> Dom, Dom loved uh, the Quiet Place Part 2. Um, yeah. Two, so which me is and great. Dom, like that, yeah. I'm pretty sure... We both got Spider-Man No Way Home and A Quiet Place Part 2 in our top 10 list. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So how about you, Mike? What was your number nine? Dune! I love Dune. Oh, Dune! Dune! Dune is great. Dune is number nine. Um, we talked about Dune uh, in great detail a few weeks ago. Um, I, I, if the second half was there and it was good, this would probably be a lot higher. Um, love it. It's great. Go check out the other episode. We, we uh, talked I, yeah. for a very long time about it's, it. Yeah. yeah. I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> uh, I, I do have to say this is one that I removed uh, earlier this morning from the top 10 list. Oh. Not because I don't think it's quality wasn't deserving, but because I felt that if I couldn't rate it because I don't think. That's right. Because I don't think it's done as a story. Uh, I, I can't in good conscience put it on here. What I am looking forward to doing is when Dune Part 2 comes out in 2023 is making June, the 2021 and 2023, my movie of that year. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to doing. <laughs> well, I'm but just going to do that anyway. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> For me, it was, it was it was quite a bit higher. But uh, yeah, Dune, fantastic movie. Fantastic experience, too. Have to just mention it again. Holy shit. Sitting yeah. in the theater watching that movie. Oh, my gosh. You can listen to a whole episode that we dedicated to that movie with Spicy Dan the Gentleman. That's right. That's right. Good friend. Uh, my number nine is Annette. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's Annette. Yeah. Uh, 
for all the reasons mentioned and more. Um, it's a movie that I think is only built for me and Letney to love. Um, it's a small, weird doll of a movie. But uh, I do. I do love it. At movies that make me feel that way are very few and far between. And when they come along, I like to remember them and hold them close. Plus, I think the music's fantastic. Um, but yeah, Annette, if you want to hear me talk about that more, or if you liked it, or if you really hated it, you can go back to, also to the My Movie Fix pod and listen there. So, This is like the first movie my wife has gotten up and left. Oh, no, wow. She got so, up and so, left. So she shouldn't have rated it then. <laughs> <laughs> Because yes. I almost turned it off, but if I hadn't got not gotten to the ending, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here today talking about it. Hmm. Well, fair, fair, fair. The ending was everything for me. Drink your water. Yeah, Mike's just really <laughs> down on number nine tonight. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I feel the judgment with you there, Letney. We got a hipster on our pod. Uh, uh, not, sorry, Jesse. I was thinking about Letney. I, I um, actually no, have not seen it. I have no idea. That's okay. You won't like it. <laughs> I promise. I, I'm sure I won't, which is why I haven't watched it yet. A hipster? A hi- yeah. You're the one who likes Annette. I feel like that's that's not a yeah, hipster. Did you call opinion. me a hipster? Am I, am I, called, I really a hipster? I called, I called Mike a hipster. Oh. Are we all hipsters at heart? No. Are, are we dancers? human or are we hipster? <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember when you had that weird theory that you took up airtime with Mike that was like totally not true about are I, we human or are I we really, <laughs> I really hate having my thoughts recorded. Um, that's why I've done it sixty some times now for hours on end. This is just this I is did just go great. up and look the whole dancer thing up, and yeah, it's total BS. He's like, no, it's absolutely dancer. <laughs> he made yeah, it very like, clear. He he was just trying to sell records. He was selling out. He's been saying it for years. <laughs> he's not yeah, selling records. They're not the killers aren't selling tons of records anymore. Also of that song, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> but Jesse, what's your number eight? Oh, number eight uh, is Encanto. I oh. really enjoyed Encanto. It was such a pleasant surprise. Like I was really let down with Ray and the Last Dragon, and then Luca was. It was fine. It was fine. And then, like, this was just such, like, a magical experience. Like, I haven't experienced this sort of, like, you know, when people say Disney, you're instantly transported to, like, a magical, something magical. Anything can happen. And this movie had that. It had that. And also, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the song for this. And while I don't think any particular song is particularly great, I really enjoy the, the atmosphere of the music. Like these songs don't annoy me, and I felt like it was well put together. Like it, it ends up being a family drama, like a big family drama, right? And I felt like everybody had some pretty well fleshed out characters, and some interesting things happen. It's super magical. It had love the house. The house was so cool. The house is amazing. This anything could happen in this house. People can have jungle rooms out of nowhere. (laughs) Like that is so yeah, that was amazing. Um jungle rooms? Yeah, Sounds you great. walk into a room and the room is bigger than what the house would actually allow for. Yeah. The way I describe it is house of leaves except fun. Yeah. Okay. It's a perfect perfect yeah. description. That sounds great. Yeah. Don't don't find out more. Like that's just like that's yeah. enough cuz the whole <laughs> movie is about the house anyway. Yeah. It is okay. yeah. It's uh it's a good time. I mean, I'm really excited it. to see it. I'm really excited to see it. I, I did a blind watch too. with with my daughter there, and my daughter's four, and mm-hmm. she she had a great time. Like there was nothing, there was no moment where she was not engaged with it. No moment that was like too much for her. 
She just had she just had a really good time and wanted to watch it again later. Yeah. Yeah, my kids got into it, and I was really into it, too. I was like, yeah. this is an unexpected drama. I was not expecting this. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What about you, uh, Mike? What's your number eight? Is it Encanto? Limbo! I'm finally going to talk about Limbo on the pod. <laughs> I hey, Jesse, love Limbo. Jesse, this is when we get to be polite to Mike, just like he was polite to us. You guys tear me apart. I don't care. This movie was beautiful. It was powerful. It moved me. It moved me, Bob. Um, no, this. this <laughs> I mean, so Limbo. I, Limbo was the first movie I saw in the theaters since 2019, um, and, and since the Last Jedi. Um, so really different movie. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I were just like, "Hey." you know what? Like things are sort of open. Like we haven't been on a date with each other without our kids around in two years. Want to go see a movie? Like want to go see a movie? And we did. And we were like, what's playing? Nothing. There's this movie called Limbo. I don't know anything about it, but like Limbo's cool, I guess. Let's go see it. (laughs) Um, And I was just stunned by it. Um, There's... You know, this is the this is uh, it was made in Scotland um, and I have no idea how it got to our little podunk town in the middle of the pandemic, um, but uh, it did. And we um, we both just just really, really loved it. It's got a lot of weird aspects to it, right? There's some absurdist humor, um, the sort of thing that uh, I don't know you see in absurdist movies. Um, there's some Wes Anderson-y-ness to it, but, uh, it all kind of came down to the final moment of the movie for me, which just took my breath away. Um, and it, it made me feel a lot of, uh, a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, about, uh, and, you know, it's about the, um, I guess the immigrant experience or the, um, they're not immigrants, they're refugees, um, in uh, the Hebrides and uh, of Scotland, and it's just yeah, it's a very powerful movie. Yeah, and um, just being stuck in one location yeah. in limbo. Yeah, I, I really it's hilarious. Yeah. It's a hilarious movie. I think there's a lot of funny stuff. I, th- I think I think that's very very much overselling it. I think that you're very <laughs> very much overselling yeah. it. I, I, I think I, I think I laughed maybe three times. And that's all like the first half an hour. Like, I, I'm so happy you liked it. But if you go in expecting a laugh out loud comedy, Mike, I don't think you can say this is that. That's true. It's not a laugh out loud. But it's like, you're right. It's not a laugh if out loud. If you have quiet, comedy. if you have like a quiet, dry sense of humor, this will hit the spots for you. It's closer to Wes Anderson than it is to, uh, I don't know, um, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's one really big joke in it that I did laugh really hard at. It, it, yeah. it involves a chicken. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm actually having a hard time remembering this movie a whole lot because I did fall asleep at different periods. I I was really tired, and this is not the movie to watch when you are tired. Just heads up. But I have liked the movie more, like on reflection, especially when thinking about the year 2020. If I have to think of a movie that encapsulates that feeling of being like trapped in a place for a really long time, it's Limbo. The Limbo. Yeah, yeah that. Yeah. I feel like I was relating a lot to these characters when if I had seen it like two years ago, I definitely wouldn't have. 
Oh man, but there's so much more to it than that, though. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about this in a spoiler, spoilery way. But I mean, I think that the way the film is structured to make you feel like you're like connected to the main character and like you know what's going on with him in the final scene, you realize that you didn't know anything about this guy to begin with, and the the deep threads of his homeland that he's bringing with him. Um, mm-hmm. That. I, I, it's stunning to me. It's just stunning. Um, and on reflection, I'm con, con, I continue to be, be in shock and awe about it. Cool. Very right. nice. That's number eight, Limbo. Um, number eight for me, Don't Look Up. Uh, oh. I really like this movie. I, 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 liked, I would like to be able to say I understand the hatred for this movie. I would like to be able to say that. But I really don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, I know that friend of the pod, sir, or many friends of the pod, I don't know, uh, are going to come after me for this. I mean, they're, are, they're already scalping me because of Annette. But um, <laughs> I seriously don't understand what, what everyone's beef with this thing is. Everyone's like, it's not a satire. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty close to real life. Like, it's so blunt. I'm like, so? Movies can be blunt? Like, it, 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 <laughs> He didn't break any rules here. This especially tucks, touches upon a big, big anxiety of mine, which is environmental dread. Um, and I know that DiCaprio has talked at length about the sort of movie he wanted to make with this. And I think I think he and Adam McKay did a really good job. And I'm kind of out on Adam McKay a lot. Um, it seems that everyone, no one is mad at him for Vice, which came out a few years ago, gets a Best Picture nomination. And was like, it's so even-handed. It's not. He straight up is like crucifying Dick Cheney in that movie. And I don't understand how anyone was was okay with that treatment. I'm not saying Dick Cheney's a good guy, but you can't say that movie is even-handed. And then for Don't Look Up, for everyone to be just upset that the guy that made that movie made this movie, it just makes complete sense. There should be no shock that this is how Adam McKay views the world. He's going to express it in this way. And for this movie, I am on board with that. He touched on all of my fears. He touched on everything that I find myself frustrated about with our current media cycle. He touched on everything that just pisses me off. And he was pissed off about it too. And every other person in that movie was also pissed off. And I loved that. And me and my wife had a blast just like just seeing all this shit that we've been annoyed at for so long finally be expressed. Um, I loved it. I, I love Don't Look Up. And uh, again, I don't understand what everyone hated so much about that they gave Vice a pass for. I don't get it. Maybe they just hated Dick Cheney more than they hate <laughs> the current uh, disaster that could be posing uh, our world. That uh, We don't have a, a meteor coming at us. but. <laughs> We do have climate change issues. <laughs> um, anyway, that that's like my mini, mini rant about it. Because I, I, I just haven't really met someone else that's really watched it either, which is surprising. Okay. And I haven't seen it. So, so the idea is that these two astronomers, they see that there's a meteor coming at us, and then they try to tell everybody about it? Yep. Okay. Imagine like like a, a world like pretty much like ours, but maybe, I don't know. 20% worse in terms of the media cycle mm. and, and how the news that it, that it, a, a world ending event is going to happen in six months, how that goes over. Mm. Yeah. And it's okay. got, it's got everyone you've ever heard of in this movie. You got, you got Jonah Hill, you got Meryl Streep as the president of the United States, um, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are the two astronomers. I mean, there's so many people in like, so, throw a rock and you hit a famous person. Is it actually a comedy though? Is it like a dark oh, yeah. comedy, a dry comedy? Uh, oh, there's nothing dry about it. It's it, it could be called a satire. It's like it's a satire. It's a farce. It's okay. a dark comedy. It's a lot of things. Okay. Uh, right, cool. It's also very, it's also quite long. Oh, um, but I you I really had me it. up until you said it was quite long. It's two and a half hours. 
I like them a lot. Yeah. I, I, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tyler Perry. So many people are in this movie. Yeah. That, that's my number eight. Don't look okay. up. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I am a huge fan of like the 90 minute range. I don't know why more movies work in the 90 minute range, which is why my number seven is nobody. Yeah. Mine too! Uh, nice! Yay. Nice! I bet nobody else has that. <laughs> uh, well done. Yeah. Freaking love nobody. This is yeah. just such a. This is a dark comedy in my book. Um, and. Like I, <laughs> it, I love how it starts out, and I guess spoilers for nobody. I'm just gonna talk about it. You, you think <laughs> you think this guy is just an average dad, and it sets itself up to be that way, and then it turns out he's he's lived a whole crazy life where he has actually done like insane things. Apparently, like he has weird ways of killing people, including mousetraps. Yeah. Yes, that was so the most. Obs- He's like see, the MacGyver of killing people. See, yeah. when they got to that scene, that's when it's like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah, uh, because like, there's no way he could have known that the people on the other side of the wall, of the mouse traps are set up on, would be there, but they all just happened to hit somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and that that's when it became clear that it's like, oh, this is like, this is like a male fantasy sort of movie showing yeah. how ridiculous it is and just sticking with. And not trying to glorify it, not trying to say this is really that awesome, but trying to say no, it's kind of it's kind of silly. This will never happen, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy everything about this. He like Bob. Who knew Bob Odenkirk would be this sort of action star? Nobody. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> because he was a nobody. I mean, also just uh, the dadness of it. Like, it's so dad. It's so yeah. dad. Yeah. It's, it is a dad power fantasy, like 1,000%. <laughs> I'm going to show my stupid family that don't think I'm very good that I can beat ass. <laughs> because of a kitty bracelet. A <laughs> damn kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> I love that. I love that, that someone saw John Wick. And of course, you know, that famously from the trailer, like, like this dog is a gift from my dead wife, my dying wife, right? And then they, they took it even further. Like the mode, the primary motivation for this all kicking off is that some people took his daughter's kitty cat. <laughs> and they it. didn't even take it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even take it. It's even better. Oh my word. Oh. Yeah. Just, it, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, it's absurd. It's violent. It's funny. It, it, it's unexpected. It was unexpected. Yeah. I really enjoyed Christopher Lloyd randomly showing up, like in a yeah. nursing home at first. Oh, yeah. And then with the shotgun. <laughs> Wait, and who's his brother? Who's the actor that plays his brother? His brother is somebody. That, that yeah. I can't remember who that guy hang is. Hang on, hang on. I'm pulling it up. I'm okay. pulling it up. Um, wait. I'm seeing a lot of names I recognize, but not one that I'm certain is the one. Hang on. Stay with us. We like that airtime. I'm just going to keep all this in. Sound of me typing. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. I'm trying to fill. Oh, look. Here's the INDB. All right, we're looking Christopher Lloyd, right, right, right. Michael Ironside? Is that who you're talking about? No. RZA? Should... Is it RZA? RZA is in it. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, okay. All right, um, but moving on. Uh, so that's Jesse and Mai's number seven. Mike, number seven. My number seven is The Power of the Dog. 
Oh, wow. Um, which may be lower than uh, expected. Jesse, have you seen The Power of the Dog? Still have not seen Power of the Dog. <sighs> okay. And that um, and The Harder They Fall were both up there. Okay. Um, it, yeah, The Power of the Dog. Well, nobody was really close to making it on my list. It's not on my list. It's an honorable mention for me. The Power of the Dog. Man, the longer I sit with this, the more, the higher it rises. So, you know, this time next year it might be top of the list. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, I don't, I don't, there's so much that's been written and said about it that I don't know if I have much more to say, but, um, man, is it, is it something else? Benedict Cumberbatch is great, uh, as a very, um, uh, Mean, angry, <laughs> mean person trying to be a cowboy. Um, and he's pretty good at it, but he's also like very, I don't know. It, it, it's just, uh, this is Jane Campion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, she's doing a lot of stuff here. She's making kind of a deconstruction of, of a Western um, in a lot of ways. This is about, uh, so, so, so the movie is about, give it a bit of a summary it's about two brothers who own a ranch or run a ranch um that i guess their parents own in montana and uh one of them decides to get married and brings his new wife home played by kirsten dunst uh the the one who gets married is jesse plemons they're married in real life um they have they are incredible together uh on screen they're together in fargo season two two yeah and that's just fantastic. Um, they're an incredible on-screen couple. I love them both dearly at this point. You know, in uh, The Last Duel, I kept thinking like, oh, that guy looks kind of like Jesse Plemons. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Skinny Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is the brother, and he's very angry that things are not the way that they used to be. Um, and that... His brother brought this girl home and all of this stuff. And I guess, I don't know. There's a whole, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. I don't know if we really want to go into it here, but yeah, it's very good. Very good. This was up. uh, This was number 13 on my list as well. It's, it's a deep movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. Um, It's so heavy that I didn't put it higher because I, I wanted to actually see it again and, and think about it more. Right now, my thoughts can best be summed up in this letterbox review from uh, user Brat. Um, the masculine urge to cope with your step uncle's pointed homophobia by storming outside and aggressively hula hooping. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, I, I joke, but it does. It is really intense and very serious, and yeah. has a lot to say, and is gorgeous and is beautiful. Um, yeah. And I'd like to revisit it at some point, and uh, I don't know, talk to someone about it. It's brutal. It's a very brutal movie. It's a sharp pointed movie. Um, I feel like it slices you, you know, as it's going. I agree. Yeah. Um, All right. What about number six? Number six uh, for me is Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho. Uh, I like this movie quite a lot. Uh, I've now seen it about three times, which is crazy because it came out like three months ago. Uh, but the soundtrack has been, has been on all the time. I can't get away from it. I, and the thing about this movie that I found out is that the more, the more times I've seen it and thought about it, the more I, I like the first two thirds so very, very, very much. 
and how I kind of don't like that last third a lot. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. About yeah. the point when she's in the library, mm-hmm. I I almost want to like turn the movie off or just fast forward to the end. I just the too many too much of the ghosts at that point. Then the ghosts kind of <laughs> turn into zombies, and then we got this extended last bit, and it, it does it does work when you're watching it. Like I just mm-hmm. don't like thinking about it. Um, but I really read what I love about this movie. I love a lot enough to put it here. And this movie was just, it was such a breath of fresh air for me. It was so nice to see Edgar Wright trying something new. Thomas and McKenzie is fantastic. So is Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, yeah, I really, I really had a great time at the movies. You know, I was yeah. transported somewhere else for a while. That was great. Yeah. And again, we have a whole episode a month ago, two months ago, talking about this. So you can go check us out there talking Our about Halloween episode. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, so you can go check us out there talking more about Last Night in Soho. Oh, yeah. Um, How about you, Jesse? Uh, my number six is No Time to Die. Oh, uh, nice. Just, yeah. You know, I said Spider-Man was fun, but man, this was just such a... It was a good, like, blockbuster romp. Like, Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what a great time! Uh, I even got my wife to watch it, which is oh nice. She hates James Bond, and she claims to have hated Casino Royale, but I'm convinced she didn't see it because when I asked her about it, she got it confused with Ocean's Eleven. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) Also, separate conversation though. (laughs) It's like, yeah, wait a second. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I think we need to watch that movie now because I think you might actually like it. Uh, I think you need to watch both movies again because you should like both. (laughs) Everybody likes both. Yes. Yeah, I don't think she likes Ocean's Hey, You know what? We do need to watch that one together, too. Anyway, but she's just like, yeah, finally there's like a, an action movie with like a human element. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I kind of agreed with her. Like, I was feeling a lot for for Mr. Bond in this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thinking about more about like legacy and what, uh, you know. He just doesn't have time to die. And oh. he's just constantly running out of time. That's the theme of this movie. Constantly running Which, out of time and he doesn't have time to die. <laughs> is he James is he James Bond or is he Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess he's basically Alexander Hamilton because he's not 007 anymore, so who is he? Exactly. Exactly. Uh. What he is, he's a hero in our hearts. And honestly, I I did mess up. I did. I, I mean, no spoilers for the end of this one. That's definitely not. Oh, yeah. But I did yeah. mess up at the end, and I did not expect to do that at the end of James. Bond. I I yeah. was not expecting that at all, and it came, and I was like, "That is wonderful. This is great. Yeah. I I am so satisfied." At the end of this movie, I felt so satisfied with the Daniel Craig franchise. And you know what? I've never even seen Quantum of Solace or Spectre. So the Spectre stuff in this movie did kind of confuse me. Oh, that must and, be so confusing. And then, and then it's like, oh, like all of bad like, guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all I got. No, that's all I got from that, the Spectre stuff. They're bad guys. That, that they, moment they lands so much people. better if you've seen Spectre. Like it lands so much better. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't even care at this point. Like I think I got it. it I, maybe I'm missing stuff, but... I don't know. I don't know. It still worked for you. It still works. 
Um, it's not like Spider-Man, which doesn't work if you haven't seen the previous five movies. This one, if you haven't seen Spectre, let me tell you, it's still, it'll still blow you out of the water. Loved it. Very nice. Very nice. How about you, Mike? Number six for me is The Green Knight. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Uh, I still love the green Knight. Um, I, uh, my, yeah, I, um, totally understand people's dislike for it. Um, but it worked like crazy for me. Um, and I still, I can't, I, I am going to see this one again. Um, I'm excited to see it again. Uh, and uh, it's just so weird. It's such a weird movie, um, that I love. So, yeah. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that too. We have many thought. We have many thoughts on the Green Knight. Many yes, thoughts. we do. I just really love personally how like this movie is about how you can die and not die um, at the same time, <laughs> and how both are Im- equally important. That's yes. personally my divergent uh, timelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really but listen yeah. back to our episode on that one. Like that. That was a really, really controversial one, like amongst us. But uh, yeah, it's a great movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honorable mention, so I guess it's number 11 on my list. Actually, no, it is number 11 on my list. Number 11. Okay, so now that we've finished our bottom half of our top 10, let's just interrupt the flow for a minute with the, with an interesting question. Um, a a what, little palate cleanser, mm. as, it, as it were. It's like yeah. the ginger that you take be- between like the, you know, the different, the different sushi. The different sushis. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, so or what's the, the- Or sashimis. If if you like, I'm just gonna keep cutting you off. Or sake. Oh uh, yeah. Sake's, yeah. <laughs> there you go. What? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is the best non 21 non podcast movie you guys have seen? Um, Mike, do you seem since you're just like champing at the bit? What is it? My favorite, my favorite movie that I saw this past year that wasn't related at all, A Serious Man. This first time I saw it was this year. I think that that is a hilarious movie. It's very funny. Um, love it. Uh, yeah, man, A Serious Man. It's, it's a it's a Coen Brothers movie, right? Yeah, it's a Coen Brothers movie. It feels like it's a little lesser known um, yeah. than some of their bigger ones. Although everyone, like, whenever you bring it up. To anyone, they're like, "Oh yeah, that movie's great," um, but uh, you know, it's just a really—it's um, kind of the story of Job. Just uh, parking lots, man. It's it's just excellent. There's, um, parking lots. there's, there's yeah. teeth. There's a lot about teeth in here. There's a lot about teeth. <laughs> um, there's a there's an uncle figure uh, who you know is is great oh who's that actor uh richard kind richard kind i was gonna say richard pride and i knew that was wrong richard kind <laughs> love oh, richard kind. very wrong <laughs> <laughs> super wrong although kind of similar but no. um <laughs> yeah uh yeah that was my favorite what about you uh jesse uh yeah so my favorite I've got two favorite non-2021 non-podcast movie that we haven't really talked about uh are I got two of them. One Mike has already brought up surprisingly is uh, the Florida Project. Hey, oh, that you saw is, it? Yeah, it's a great. Oh movie. my gosh, yeah! Isn't it like That's one of the gem. best things you've ever seen? 
that is uh yeah that is not going to be something that i'm going to rewatch all the time it's not even something i'm going to recommend to literally everybody but wow for what we have it is like uh, that is definitely a childhood i've never had um uh, <laughs> and i'm happy i'm very yeah. grateful to my parents now one yeah. of the worst Thank childhoods you. ever yeah <laughs> in some way like and, and, and just in just in terms of like uh, yeah. uh, of generalities you yeah know? well I, what i love about the movie is it, it it is a terrible childhood living in this hotel room like with your is it her mom or grandmother uh, i could have sworn I could have sworn at one point she she made it seem like she's a grandmother. I can't remember why I think that. I don't um, think it's possible. No, it, she's like 22. Yeah. yeah, if that. Is she 22? She's, she's really young. She's very young. Like, she's not college. She might be college age, you know? I don't know. Um, but anyway, just like living in a hotel and her her mom, I guess, not having a job and just constantly... Doing whatever it takes to get that money, which uh, includes the protagonist having to like sit, sit in the bathtub all night. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, that was when, you, when you realize why that is, you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. That was a extremely painful moment. Um, but also like the endurance um, of childhood, like being able to make something magical out of just the shittiest situations, which is it's true. Children are capable of doing that, which gives me some hope for my own kids. Uh, well, you know, it's not like they have a bad life, but if sometimes if I worry that I've like traumatized them, yeah. it's like, I know, they'll recover. It'll actually be okay. <laughs> like this it really is a bad, a bad childhood. Also, Willem Dafoe is in it and he's also great. A hero, yeah. just a damn hero in that movie. Oh my God. Just gosh. like, dude, you are making Every really tough call somebody can make, and you're doing a great job. Yeah. Like, your job is worth it, sir. I'm so happy that you exist. I hope there's someone out there who actually is a Willem Dafoe to people. Um, I, I'm so happy you saw this. This is my favorite movie of 2017. Mm. Um, it, I, I saw it alone in a theater, and I, and I, that enabled me to cry like a baby, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, um, it's a really, it's a gem of a movie. And I real quickly, I will mention another gem, uh, which is The Hidden Life. I've never seen a Terrence Malick movie before. I was always like, I you know, I don't want to spend three hours watching ramblings of dinosaurs and trees. I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what the hell else is there. Um, but like, this was very much a linear story uh, about a couple uh, in uh, Nazi Germany. And he just, he refuses to take an oath to Hitler. He says, what, what's happening is wrong. He gets drafted in the army. And then, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can kind of guess what happens. But, like, it's just about, uh, man, like, why somebody would do that. And it's, like, why someone would do that, like, even quietly. Like, it's not like he's trying to make, this isn't a dude out to, like, make a statement. That's not the point. The point is, he just can't do it, and he explain the movie is explaining why, and then the also the effect on both the husband and the wife and the family because you feel real joy at times and then real sadness, real depression, real uh, 
anxiety. You feel everything that they're going through. And this, this movie is, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, important experience. I think, I think people should see it. Um, with Florida project, I'd be picky about who I would recommend this to, but everybody should see a hidden life. Um, unless you really don't have that much time on your hands to watch it and really can't sit still in movies. It's funny. You were just talking about how 90 minutes was like your ideal movie. And you're like, and this three hour movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like I the mean, longest movie I saw this year. I probably won't rewatch it for a very long time because that it's a three hour movie, but you know, it's worth it. It's worth that time. Very good. Very good. So that's a hidden life and the Florida project. Mike, yeah. how about you? What's the best non podcast, non 2021 movie you saw Easy. for myself? Uh, to just go along a similar kind of bummer vein <laughs> that Jesse was putting out. Um, it was Spotlight. Uh, Spotlight oh, was yeah. the best non-2021, non-2021, non-podcast movie that I saw. I missed it the year it came out in one best picture. Uh, even at the time, I I didn't want to watch this movie. This is a movie about the, uh, the expose on the sexual abuse scandal in the Catholic Church that happened um, through the Washington post i believe in the spotlight section um hence the movie title of the movie um it's a very thorny movie very difficult uh at times to to kind of get through to to process the information that you're seeing um very difficult to to kind of wrap your mind around the the fact that this sort of thing happened mm-hmm. um, and i was i was very moved by it i was i was infuriated i was uh saddened i was i was every gamut of the spectrum that the movie wanted me to be on. Um, it, it played me like a fiddle. And um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I I had nothing really left. It had wrung me emotionally dry. And I thought to myself, like, this is this is just one of the best movies, I think, that, that America has made. Uh, it's incredible. And it's so sad that it's about this. <laughs> but yeah, Spotlight yeah. was sobering. Sobering watch. It's yeah. been on my list for a while, yeah. That is a, it's a bummer. It's a bummer of a movie. I mean, yeah. Uh, but it's also so light on its feet, you know, like it's it, it's still fun at many junctures, which seems inappropriate to say, but it is still fun. It is This is still a newspaper movie and there's some fantastic performances. There's great dialogue. There's there's crackling back and forth drama like this is a damn good movie on top of it being important, which I think is very, very necessary. And that that's really what I really walked away from with is that it's like it's entertaining. And it's like a crushing, <laughs> a crushing of your soul. But it's both because I was, I was incredibly on the edge of my seat. Uh, I'm wanting the spotlight team to succeed, and 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 Mark Ruffalo like chewing the scenery. They knew, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's such a famous scene now. Um, yeah, I, I guess I will. Uh, a little caveat for me then is I, I didn't feel the entertainment as much. Like I, I think it was big. It was, it's important, but I. Yeah, I wasn't really as entertained, and I felt like it's like I didn't feel the sen- the real central conflict here. I felt like there was a bunch of little things that they're trying to investigate, but usually, I mean, I don't know. I I didn't feel as much of a conflict. There are some there. Um, anyway, I don't want to get too bogged down. It's no, still I mean, a movie. I I just mean conflicts between like what they want to do and then the various impediments that are placed in their path. Um, including yeah. interview subjects who don't want to be interviewed and then trying to find ways around that. that that's what I meant. There's there's always a drama. Yeah. There's always an interaction that's that's kind of confrontational that's happening that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. There's a series of like a uh, bunch of little dramas, but like 
normally in these newspaper movies, there's like the one big conflict they're really trying to overcome. And usually it's like pushing the story out in the first place. Yeah. Um, which maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but I don't remember. I remember that being an issue, but not like the central conflict. I don't no. remember a central I, conflict. I think, in the I think movie. the central conflict is like that. These figures could be indicted in something like this. That, that seemed to be like the, and the fact that it gets, the problem gets bigger, the more they yeah. pick at it. Like the fact that it's an investigation and not like we have the whole story. They don't have the whole story. They spend the whole movie trying to get the whole story. Yeah. And even at the end of the movie, they don't have it. You know what I mean? They just have yeah. what they were able to put out. It, it's really more of an investigation movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I love it. I love Spotlight. It's now it's now one of the best movies I, I think I've seen. Um, so, yeah. But now that we're done with that, uh, surprisingly uh, sobering trip. <laughs> shout out to Long Day's Journey into Night. Check it out. It's great. What What is this Good movie? For you, Mike. Long Good for you. Day's Journey into Night. The title card drops halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is... It's great. Let's right, move what? forward. Let's go no, back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Besides the title drop happens in the middle of the movie. What is this movie about? It's about a long day's journey into the night. <laughs> it's also three hours long. This was the oh, highest no. gross, one of the highest grossing movies in, in China when it was released. Um, and uh, made all of its money in one day. And then got review bombed by the entire nation. It's 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 great. It's beautiful. Um, it's not... about dreams and memory. <laughs> I don't think I'm sold on this in any way, but I, I will remember this movie. <laughs> it was review bombed in China, and it's about dreams and memory. And the title drops in the middle of the. Like an hour and a half into the movie. Oh, because it's a three-hour movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the whole hour and a half before that. Oh, just man. like the introduction. Okay, okay. That is that is something. And that was one of your like top movies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Just to throw some chaos into the mix. Let's go to the top five! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, number five, I'm just going to go real quick first because it's already been mentioned. It's The Green Knight for me. Mm. Um, the Green Knight is my number five movie of the year. Uh, I love this movie. I have already rewatched it, and I look forward to rewatching again. I, I do find a lot in it. I find a lot that's applicable to me as a person. Um, again, listen back in our episode if you want us to talk more about it, but uh, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's where cool. I'm at. Yeah. It has actually yeah. fallen. It, it was number one for quite a while oh, yeah. and is now is now down. That's cool. Um, That's cool that there are four more movies that have replaced it. Yeah, four. Uh, all right, Jesse, yeah. what's your number five movie of the year? My number five is already been mentioned last night in Soho. Oh wow! I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a thriller of a movie. Um, I think I I will say that I enjoyed the last third way more than Vito did. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, for me, the whole movie works. I enjoy this crazy ride this movie is taking me on. Love it. Um, yeah. Again, you can listen back to our episode on that. And uh, I, I think we've said enough about Last Night in Soho, so I'm not going to go into too much more. 
after this episode, I'm so glad we're shouting it out and doing everything. But after this episode, I'm, I'm going to really try not to think about it for like another year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fair. How about you, Mike? Um, my right. number five is Pig. Pig. Oh. Made it to number five for me. Wow. I, I love Pig, guys. Like, this movie was great. You love um, Lamp. Yeah, I love Lamp. You love Lamp. It's just, um, I mean, I don't know if... I, I don't know how well it's going to last outside of like it's it's moment because like this is a movie that's definitely kind of talking about, um, you know, John Wick and nobody and all of this stuff. And uh, but I, I think there's a lot there's a lot to it um, about being a human, about um, about being alive, uh, about why we do the things that we do um, and what's really valuable uh there's like you know maybe i'm just a sucker for um i'm thinking about other movies that i really love and maybe i'm just a sucker for food scenes um because <laughs> yeah like I, I i can think of several food scenes that just like leave me just shaken um that, that in, in the was... lexicon of of movies and, and do you mean this has a couple is, do you mean that the food is delicious or that you just prefer scenes with food in them um it, well i think what it is is that uh scenes with food in in them um and i think that you know meals are one of the most human acts um that you can have a meal is mm -hmm. something that and that by that i mean something that you share with someone um in some way or another like you sit down someone prepares it it is made to look good and to taste flavorful and like, so the scene where they go to, I mean, there's two meals in this that are just profound. Uh, one where they go to the, the dad's house um, and uh, one where where they're in a restaurant. Um, wait, Vito, have you seen this yet? So I started watching it last night. Um, yeah. I'm 50 minutes in and I ah. just, it was late and I was I was really going to sleep. I was interested Ooh, in where it was yeah. going. I think, yeah. I think I stopped watching it. Um, He's with the rich guy played by Alex Wolf. Um, and he's, they've uncovered, like someone found out they, they took his truffle pig, right? The old lady yeah. did. And now they're like yeah. on the, on the, the war path, uh, looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's exactly where I am. I tried to finish it today, but every opportunity that we had was spoiled by, uh, the fact that I have children and yeah. my wife really wants yep. to has, finish like, this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were going to finish it sure. and we just didn't happen. Okay. I'm really sorry. I didn't though. Oh yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's number. I thought it was going to be higher for you. Oh yeah. Well, just some other things. It was higher. Four other things came up. <laughs> exactly four <laughs> other things. <laughs> wow. Believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Speaking of four other things, let's flip this around. Jesse, what's number four for you? Number four for me is Stillwater. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, wow. Man, can you believe it? Jesse told us back in like September, Stillwater was awesome, and we—I I have not seen it yet. I, I didn't was, watch it. I'm, I'm sorry, Jesse. It's hard. It's kind of like the Florida Project. Like, how do you recommend something that is—I don't know—that kind of like is gut wrenching to you? And I feel that way with Stillwater. Uh, if and like, I, I have a hard time talking about this movie a whole lot because it was surprising to me. Like if you tell if you told me the move I felt about the ending, um, at, when I first watched the movie, uh, that I just I wouldn't believe you, and I don't want to ruin that for anybody else who wants to watch this movie. But it's a uh, 
you know, it's it's about the dad trying to get his daughter back from from Europe. She's been in prison for for murder out there and been convicted. Uh, I think it, it's in France. Um, and they have like this sounds suspiciously a, a lot like a real life person. It is suspiciously a lot like a real life person, and so you think that it's going to be mostly about that, but that's not quite what it's about. It's more about the dad trying to get his daughter out of prison, which I do not think follows real life events. Uh, maybe I, I could be wrong. I think that I don't know. Like I did know the Amanda Knox. That's Chronicle. what I mean. I didn't uh, want to I, say that word in case that was like a spoiler, but that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, no, it is like, I, I think it was well known that it was kind of loosely based on Amanda Knox. It's, but think of that more as like an inspiration for this scenario. Like it's, okay. Amanda Knox's like story is sort of there, but it's like purposely a different country and doing, doing slightly different things. Um, but it's not even really about her. It's about the dad and his struggling relationship with her and trying to do other things. And again, I don't want to spoil things that happen. Just it's also about like American mentality that I don't think we talk a whole lot about, uh, but I think is very interesting. There's a lot of stuff about flaws passed down from one generation to another. Um, yeah. A, a lot of cool stuff here. Always um, for generational dysfunction. Yeah. Generational dysfunction is uh yeah, it's something. Oh. It can be gut wrenching, and I felt that in this movie. I had a lot of feelings after I was done watching this movie. Um, but yeah, this was quite an experience. Uh, I recommend it. Wow, wow. Okay, yeah, but it's jumping up spaces on my list to hear you talk about it. Okay, so I let you guys know in the Slack before we did this episode that I cheated once. Did you cheat twice? It depends. If you want to be specific, for my number four pick, I've cheated four times. Oh, is it the like seven sixteen sixty six Fear Street stuff? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, no, it's, it's, it's oh, it's different. It's different. Let me take on a tiny walk here. So, in between the years nineteen sixty four and nineteen seventy four, we have a huge revolution that strikes America. Right. Uh, we talked what? about this in previous episodes. We know about this from history. What? A huge thing that happened in these years was how much music changed. How different. Oh, uh, okay. I, for my number four, I have four music documentaries that take place between that time period that chart the growth from the 1960s forward into modern music. I have the Sparks Brothers. The Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. I have the Velvet Underground, and I have the Beatles Get Back. I could not find a possible justification for having all four of these in my top ten, except as one story smushed together. We have the Sparks Brothers taking place in the late 60s, early 70s, beginning on the Golden Coast of California. We have the Summer of Love taking place in Harlem in the mid-1960s. At that same time, we have the Velvet Underground taking place around New York City, also in the 1960s, and then the Beatles get back taking place at the end. Um, This is a a wonderful, just like kaleidoscopic uh, portrayal of the music business, of culture, kind of popular culture across a span of 10 and more years, showing this change through pop music and how how it's reacting to the world around it how it's shaping the world around it. 
And I couldn't think of a way to do just one of them because I think they're all fantastic. And I think they all just tell a separate story. Um, the Sparks Brothers being like the overlooked ones who influence everything from behind that no one knows about. We have the Summer of Soul, which is about like a forgotten uh, cultural festival that happened in Harlem that every musician who was any musician who was black in America or the world played. And it was amazing. And it took place across weeks. I mean, like Nina Simone was there. I mean, every, everyone was there. Nina Simone just really stands out because she's, she's a powerhouse. Um, but that's Questlove's documentary that we talked about earlier this year at the Oscars. There's the Velvet Underground, which is about like weird white <laughs> avant-garde artists who make a strange band that also happen to influence everyone. Like the Velvet Underground is like a black mirror version of the Beatles. <laughs> like they're so weird <laughs> and so strange and everything they do is like so bizarre, but it's arts, it's artistic. They're trying to push forward somehow, even if it's like, I don't know, dumb, <laughs> which it is okay. at times. So and then finally, you... oh, sorry. sorry, finally yeah. crowning off with the Beatles get back, the true masters, the true, not only are they responding to the culture, they're shaping it as well. And they synthesize all of these ideas and almost all of these sounds, and they change pop music forever. Um, and I love that this year there were so many documentaries that came out about this time, about influential people. And I really felt like I wanted to smush them all together and say, this this is it. This, if you want to see like some really vital cultural documents, it's here. Um, All right. But Vito, I got to ask if I have time for just one music documentary, which one should I watch? I guess it depends on what you want. This is why it's hard because there is the really amazing, awesome Harlem cultural festival in the summer of love, which features performances from artists in such a high quality that you, you've never seen before. It's music you've never heard that's really cool and awesome, and it took place across a period of sunny, hot weeks. Or there's the Beatles. It's the Beatles, guys, and they're hanging out, they're playing. There's all this crazy technology that you can look up on the internet about how Peter Jackson made this nine-hour documentary about how this works, how he got the sound to be so good. That's fascinating in itself. Um, also, just to spend a day in the life with the lads, right? Um there's the Velvet Underground. That's for niche tastes. If you know who they are and like them, those are two separate kinds of people. <laughs> and then the Sparks Brothers, that, those are even smaller groups of people. I would say at the end of the day that if, if you want to pick between being educated or just having a good time, I would say Summer of Soul is where you should go to be educated, to hear something different, something you've never seen or heard before. And you go to the Beatles Get Back as like comfort, mm. as like going home. It's the Beatles and they're playing Get Back. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And they play it a lot. Um, so that, that's where I'm at. That's my number. Four, that's my four for four. Number four. Uh, my, from my point of view, the encapsulation of music and pop culture from the 60s and the 70s. Awesome. Um, that was well, a huge well, cheat. Thank you, guys. That was, that was. <laughs> you cheated, but it's worth it. It's yeah. Worth Thank it. you. I'll remember this, I worked this, really though. hard to like, try and... This. <laughs> you would have had to leave out like three other movies otherwise. <laughs> I, I thought... I thought you were going to pick something from last year and I was going to be like, you wouldn't let me pick Minari. <laughs> I would never do something like that. We just yeah. never talked about it. And I was like, this, this feels sneaky, but I think if I can justify it, they'll go for it. So. You know what? It works. And, and now I want to see those other ones. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mike. Uh, my number four is, is less interesting and or educational. Um, 
but uh, I mean, in terms of what I've, I've got to say about it, but it's uh, it's the last duel. Last duel made it to number four mm. on my list. Yeah, man, great movie. Uh, we talked movie. about it great a little movie. bit. Um, I kind of yeah, feel like I, we, we should like should we like do an episode on it or something? I kind of feel like Maybe. we should. And I, by the way, I'm just going to say like my number three is the last duel, and I'm going. My number three is the last duel. Yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. let's cool. just talk about the last duel right now for a second. Yeah, let's do some last duel. All right. Uh, uh, so, what did you like about it? Who do you think is right? first off spoilers for the last duel second if you don't know what the last duel is it is it's i don't know i can't remember what year it takes place but it tells you multiple times 1300s i think 1300s and there are there are three main characters we've got first up matt damon and it shows his point of view for about like 12 years, some absurd yeah. length of time. Uh, and you don't which... know that this is just one of the three point of views that you're going to get. I, I think we should it. also be careful about how we're spoiling this though. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll just say it. The Well, for me, like I thought it was pretty clear. Like it says the truth according to, and then you get Matt. Yeah, oh, that's character. right. That's right. You're and right. then, I just forgot about it. And it, it goes through years really fast to the point where like we go through his story for like 50 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, like what what else is there to say? And then and then it transfers to um what's his Adam Driver's character. Jock? I think it's Jacques and John, right? Yeah, um, right. Jacques. Uh, so Jacques is uh Adam Driver and goes back in time to where um the other story, um Matt Damon's story took place and continues up until the time for wants you to not see Adam Driver's story anymore. And then it goes to a third character um, who's going to be Matt Damon's wife um, showing what happens to her. Just we haven't mentioned her name yet, but Jodie Comer is yeah. amazing in this movie. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> She's great. This is the best, most well-structured Marguerite. plot of I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Like this movie moves and it never really feels confusing. Like with three different perspectives on events going on, you would feel like that would be confusing, but it's not. It's pretty clear. It's pretty straightforward, um, and it, it it everything supports another scene in there. No scene feels unnecessary. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and even talking about it as like this this story told from the three perspectives. Um, like, if I just heard that, I'd be like, wow, that sounds like we're traveling over old ground to make a longer movie. Um, Absolutely like, not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's extremely, like, it's not just important. It's also, like, I struggle with saying the word enjoyable, but um, I'll, I'll it use was. that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed like, my time. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, the plot is, it's heavy. Like, this is yeah. some serious grown-up shit going on here. Um, yeah. And, uh but there, there were moments where I'd see like one person look at someone and the story is being told from a, the a perspective of someone else. Right. And right. you'd see the look and it was super meaningful. But then yeah. in the next story from a different perspective, that look is just not even there. Like yeah. that look wasn't noticed. Instead, it's something else. And that was what was so great about it is that like in, in my daily life, I spend so much time like agonizing over small things that occur. And if they if they happen in that way because of some intention from somebody and then if I could just see it from someone else's point of view, they would be noticing entirely different details yeah. that I'm not paying attention to at all, which is yeah. the fascinating thing about differing perspectives. And this movie like takes full advantage. 
Yeah. And what's really cool about the differing perspective thing is that sometimes the scene is actually different, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's just because the focus changes. Right. Because and that's some, the part that's not enjoyable is some there of those were parts. Time, there were times where I was looking in the background at a different character being like, that's a weird reaction. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's that's not right. And then like I would see it being brought to the forefront and then realizing maybe I shouldn't have been looking in the background because I wasn't going along the ride the movie wanted me to go along. But but still, like it's cool that the I think the movie does a really good job of doing that. And I've never seen that before. Oh, I think I compared this movie to uh You said a, vantage point? Vantage point from like two thousand eight. <laughs> it's it's not a great movie, guys. It's like an action movie, but it's like about like five different people. They're all seeing different things at the same location at the same time, you know, and it keeps on traveling back in time to anyway, the the plot is actually structured very similar <laughs> to that movie, but yeah. done better in every single way imaginable. Um I mean, I think it's the best Rashomon style movie since Rashomon, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the best one that's done it since the original master did it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just man. And and you said it was like it was in entertaining, but I those differing perspectives are just they're really insightful. Like you feel like you are really getting to know somebody else and maybe not just that one person, but the people they're interacting with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll add too, um, I feel like this is very much a companion piece to the power of the dog. Um, Mm. Very much. I think that they're thinking about similar things. A lot of this, a lot of similar things. Um, I'll have to break that down with you a different time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just just say that that and like, just vomit. (laughs) Everyone's got to agree because like, like I just came up with it. Um, Sure. All right. Uh, So I will agree with you. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dude! Also, some of the best like action fight scenes that I've ever hell seen. Yeah. Oh, and, and, hell yeah! And, and, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, the duel is when crazy. when that one certain character to, does yeah. that one thing to that yeah. other certain character, and I cheered. <laughs> I yeah, I've been wanting I'm... to see this since I was like five. You know, <laughs> like like I love knights in shining armor. And you see them duking it out, like oh, it's like, brutal. Brutal. the movie really opens like. up with them charging at each other and you're and my heart started racing i was like i want to see the end of that and then it's like like 20 years earlier earlier it's like oh no no (laughs) (laughs) and then the movie slowly builds back up to that moment and when you get there it's so satisfying it's a really well choreographed well put together fight with so much emotion charged in there oh yeah yeah and I, i love the symbolism too of when one character gets a knife through the back of their head into their mouth, like like a lying serpent. Uh-huh. I loved that. I loved that. I saw that symbolism and I was like, huzzah, huzzah, uh-huh. a true artist is in our presence. <laughs> um, yeah, no, The Last Duel, number three for me and Jesse, number four uh, for Mike. So yeah. I guess that means, Mike, what's your number three? Oh, I get to go again. Great. Yes. My number three is a little, uh, a little movie by an Anderson, a um, mm. movie called Licorice pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, you thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Yes, I didn't did. You? And, now, and now I see what's coming, and I didn't, don't know if I like you? it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, licorice pizza. Let's talk about this when you put it when, when you when you when you talk about it, Vito. Okay, let's talk about it then. Um, 
So, uh, I guess Jesse. Uh, Jesse, my number two. We're talking about Indeed. number twos. Indeed, my, my number two is. Pig. Wait, no, this is number. Oh yeah, yeah, number two. Okay, your number two is pig. My number two is pig. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's Just, awesome. Yeah, I really. Uh, so I didn't talk about it that much when you brought it up because you know it's my number two, so I got to talk about it. Yeah, I. Uh, this was a weird movie. This is one of those movies where I watched it, I walked away from it and said, I think I like that. But the this movie has stuck around with me more than any other movie. You know, um, I think it's got a lot of really hard to swallow pills that it's trying to get me to swallow. Um, and it's trying to show some, like, the idea that there are few things in this life that you will be able to love and they are irreplaceable. You can't just pick a new thing. Um, you can't just get another one. That's it. And also the people that say that they care about you, that they, um, that, that they support you, that you mean a lot to them. They don't, they just, in all reality, would rather beat the holy living shit out of you um, and want to be better than you. And, like, maybe you shouldn't live your life just doing that. Maybe you should live your life doing the things that you actually love. You know. Like, that is, that's meaningful for me. Uh, I think that's meaningful in, in general. And that is a movie worth seeing. And again, it's an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> so it wraps this up really well and you know I, I think I've pitched this and I've heard it pitched as like a John Wick or nobody style movie and that I think really that turned me off after like after watching like 20 minutes of it I was like that that was a lie <laughs> it, it is uh well it's definitely there it's got some things but I think it's got something far more valuable it's doing oh yeah um like it just it, it definitely has its own voice it's not merely a response um I think the the John Wick sort of framework helps it with what it's trying to do. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, I was very moved and very pleasantly surprised by this movie. Yeah, it's my number two. Definitely, I, I look forward to another rewatch of, or a rewatch. I guess I haven't rewatched it yet. But also, also I keep on playing uh, a certain rendition of a certain song that is played sometime in this movie that has haunted me ever since I heard it. Yeah. 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 I can't, spo- I won't say anything else. Just, just go watch pig. It's an hour yeah. and a half. I need it's to totally finish pig. It. I need to finish I, yeah. pig. I'm so sorry. I couldn't finish it for you guys. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. okay. I, we want you to it's, see it for yourself, man. I think that you're going to love it personally. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, what's yeah. uh, What's yeah. your number two, Mike? My number two is come on, come on. Mike Mills, come oh, on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. Why didn't I get to it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, I just saw this a couple. Did Did you see it, Jesse? No. Uh, okay. Tell me about it. Okay. Um, it is uh, everything Belfast was trying to be. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, sort of. So it's black and white. Um, and it's about Joaquin Phoenix plays a radio uh person um and he's going around the country interviewing kids about what they think about the world today and what the future holds 
And so the movie throughout it is in intercut with these interviews that are just touching and sweet and funny. And like, there's no bad people in this movie at all. Like no one's a bad person, which is weird. Like when was the last time you saw a movie with no bad people in it? Encanto. Okay. Well, for, you know, not entirely for children. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, so he goes and, and he um his uh his sister is having some stuff going on with with her husband and she needs someone to stay with her son um and he goes because he's single uh and to stay with him and then he takes him to New York where he lives for a little while and it's just about their relationship growing and throughout the movie you learn more about the relationships that these people have and it's it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful movie about the the hope of uh, of children, the hope that children are, the beauty and joy that they are, um, and it's like one of the most life affirming movies I've seen. Uh, definitely the most life affirming movie I've seen this year. About every facet of it, the things that are difficult, the things that are uh, lovely, the things that are annoying. Like it's 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 just wonderful. I'm even laugh, more excited to see it now. It moved me. <laughs> Bob. Bob. It moved me, Bob. But yeah. you got to tell me, how long is it? It's pretty short, I think. And it's like, yes! Like, I'm sold. Well, actually, it might be two hours. That's um, fine. And I will say, like, it's it's number two because it's maybe ten minutes longer than it needed to be. Um, ten minutes is fine. Ten minutes yeah, is ten fine. Ten minutes is fine. Ten yeah. minutes is fine, but keeps it out of the number one slot. Yeah. I have seen movies that are a full, like, half hour too long. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix is just great. It's so nice to see him, like... Not a monster. Well, I won't say happy, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like a normal human being is great. Not, uh, like, gnarled up and twisted. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, I'm yeah. the Joker. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my best Joker arms. They look kind of like like chicken wings or something. It's great. They're very great. stiff. They're very toddlery. You know, toddlers <laughs> do that. T Rexy. Yeah. T. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love hearing that. We, these are some diverse number twos. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did my you number two your... is okay. no, I haven't given it. Uh, my number two is Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh my gosh! It made it. It made it on uh, the list. I, f- I don't know if I even had that on. Holy my shit! Rating. I forgot about I that. Forgot about Damn it! That. <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been. My, would it? Be, would it have been on your ten, Jesse? Yeah. Uh, crap. Where would Sorry. it have been? Jump it. I don't remember. I would have been somewhere on my ten. Not in the top five though. Um, yeah. It, this was also number one for a long time. Um, yeah, this this movie, just like with Don't Look Up and just like with a lot of some of my favorite movies, it touches on my deepest fears, my deepest anxieties and talks about them, addresses them in real time. And this this movie does that. The, the fear yeah. of failing, the fear of not being great, the fear of not making something, the fear of everything and the crushing weight of that fear and the anxiety that occurs from that. But then also still trying to make something and trying to say something and be something uh, was really inspiring. Yes, is most of this made up? I'm sure. Okay. When he breaks down on camera, you know what? I can only believe that it had to have been manufactured. Okay, I know that. I know it's a performance. I get it. I know it's not a vlog. Okay. But even as a performance piece, it still works. The songs are fantastic. It's terrifically funny. It's incredibly insightful and prescient about what we're going through. And Jesse, we, you were mentioning that um, there was a there was a movie. Which one was it? That you said that uh, 
was like the the 20 last year for you oh limbo that was 2020 yeah Yeah. inside feels like 2020 for me um Mm -hmm. yeah and everything about it just touched me really really deeply um i'm still humming the songs you know welcome to the internet it's one of the catchiest (laughs) things i've ever heard (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh even the little ones too you know um how do you feel? I feel like shit. <laughs> I, I use lines from this all the time. Um, even, even my wife and I like quote this to, to each other a lot. Yeah. Just like we do with the other two Bob Burnham specials. Um, you know, I'm an unpaid intern. Uh, everything is so good about this. And I'm so happy it exists. I'm so happy I get to keep coming back to it. I think, I think everyone that calls him out for being privileged is totally right. I also don't give a shit about your opinions, though. And I think he made something really special. And I think this is that. So that, yeah. that's my number two. Bo Burnham's inside. Yeah. I will also say, I think some of that was manufactured, but also like he gives a timeline and it's pretty clear he's working on it at the beginning of 2020 with the plan for it to come out sometime in 2020. And it doesn't, it comes out in the middle of 2021. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, I get the feeling that this guy really was trapped in his room and um, or his house. I'm sure he was, I think he lives with his girlfriend or whatever. So I know he's not actually alone. This um, is their back house. Yeah. Yeah. Their back, their back house. He has a huge, huge ass house. Um, mm-hmm. But he really is like trapped in a place, like working on this thing for about a year and a half. Yeah. I think that that definitely happened. And given everything we know about Bo Burnham, like I remember in college, you know, I think we made a bet one time about like which comedian would, kill themselves first yeah, yeah <laughs> with, did. with Bo Burnham being at the very top of the list oh yeah this guy is very <laughs> mentally unstable and so like even if that's a performance I know somewhere in there he actually did all that I, I know he's speaking sincerely maybe not in the moment but I yeah I know he went through that I agree yeah, I agree. I just I, th- there's a, there's a temptation to believe that what you're seeing is all genuine, right? Mm-hmm. And it could it could very well be real, quote unquote, but it just might not have happened at the time the camera was rolling, you know? Yeah. So there's there's some creative license there that must be given him. I just wanted to say that in case people were like, the most normy opinion that you as a man can have is that Bo Burnham's inside was incredible. And it's like, yeah, but like, f- off. Like it really impressed me and it really touched me in a, in a big way. Yeah. And what's I think wrong it, with being normy? <laughs> I think it's a very enduring piece and mm-hmm. I think that it'll be looked at for a long time. He continues to change the comedy game. Yeah, that really does also encapsulate 2020 like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oof. Is there, are, we're all up to number 1, right? I think we're all at number yeah, 1. Yeah, we're all up to we're all up should, to Should we have one. like a drum roll or something? It's all going to be one? different though. It's, yeah, it's all, all three of ours are going to be different. different. I already know what both of yours is, but it's all going to be different. Yeah, I, I don't. I have no idea. Uh, well, I actually, no, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, go. I don't know who goes. Uh, Mike, first. Mike, no, go ahead. No, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. I'll go first. My number one pick for the year of twenty twenty one is Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. I Very love good. this movie, guys. This wow, I think it's a masterpiece. Like I, wow. I, I. Don't know if anybody else cares about this movie at all. I think I it's care. the best thing. I think it might be the best thing he's done. 
Um, oh my oh my god we're saying a lot of things now this this is a whole lot to take in for me okay you're gonna have to get all the way off my back about this (laughs) (laughs) no guys this movie is beautiful um it there's so much west end i feel like this this movie is like the argument for his soul like this is this is okay so (laughs) there's a lot of stuff being said i've seen a lot of shit guys like this is no, like, okay, what what do you think of when you think of the New Yorker? The, the guy with the, the cigarette. I feel like almost everyone, think like, when they think of the New Yorker and, the, like, all these long I've never read an issue people, with the New Yorker. People are kind of like, why does that exist? Right? Oh, yes. I do think that, yes. And and <laughs> don't, yeah, right? And, like, yeah. this movie is so much, it, it's, it's making a New Yorker, like, you know, magazine in Paris or when in Ennui, France, and it's got all of these like jokes and stuff. That joke was funny. It, it was. It was. Yeah. Every single time, somehow. Like, it, I feel like a lot of people say the same thing about Wes Anderson, especially about his last few movies, and I think that this movie is really focused on that. Like, what? why are these things important? Why is it important to write these... Uh, like, any of these articles, I feel like, could appear in New York, except they're just a little bit further from from possibly existing in reality. And uh, they're done. It's written in this kind of style where it's this like sort of like very investigative journalistic reporting about like, I don't know, mushrooms or something like that. And it's focused on things like language and sentence structure. And, and like, that's all fun for me because I like language and sentence structure and stuff. But then it's about like, why is that important? Um, and each of these sort of vignettes goes into that, goes into the importance of art and the importance of understanding art, of viewing it and believing it to be important, um, of, of believing that your life depends on it. Because finally, it's about communication and it's about how you express who you are to another person, which is a quest that we're all on and constantly terrified by each one of his his main characters in each of these stories goes through this experience i can't say enough about this movie i think it's it's just incredible and 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 looking at like i don't know it seems like the the um the consistent review on uh letterboxes i put some west anderson on your west anderson uh yeah it's super lazy it's, it's, it's really lazy. lazy. It's true, but I it, it but it is true. Like every there's so much more in this than any other movie. It's almost overwhelming the amount of stuff that the amount of dollhouses you're treated to, and the amount of just and, and the color palette and the flash between just this oh gorgeous black and white and this really uh, incredible sort of like seventies palette. There's so much of it that. It's almost overwhelming, but I think that this is him being like, this is what I want it all to be like. This is how I see the world. And it worked, man. It worked like crazy to just stop trying to uh, pay attention maybe or to focus on like like in the middle story where we uh, talk about the manifesto. Like there is a through line. There's a reason why this matters, but halfway through, I, I don't know. You, I think that you're supposed to realize like understanding how we get here doesn't matter. Like what we're intended to matter is that this is about love. This is about the quest for communication that we all have. 
And I think this more than any other movie achieved his goal in doing that. It's something that he's tried to do in all of his movies. And I mean, I, I, I feel like incredibly here. I don't want to take away from anything that you said. Um, This is your number one movie of the year. Uh, All I can say is I didn't think, I didn't think almost any of that, but I didn't dislike the movie in any way. Um, I actually, I I did like it. Uh, It was overwhelming for me in the final third. The, the, I was really on board with this movie. Um, I really liked the manifesto bits. I thought that was really funny, but I think the best story for me was the prisoner in the beginning, the prisoner artist. Um, That's great. Yeah. Who makes his frescoes. But then when it came to the police captain's chef, um, there's a reason why the New Yorker is, is written down so you can read it at your own pace and not have it screamed at you while seeing a lot of quick cut images, <laughs> which is how I felt a lot during the ending of the French dispatch is like someone yelling an article at me <laughs> while I'm trying to watch a movie. Um, and, you know, maybe I would feel differently about that. If I saw this again, I did like it. I didn't think it was great. And uh, I personally wouldn't call it a masterpiece, but I, I appreciate that you saw a lot of stuff that you really liked and, and that you really enjoyed. And uh, I, I, yeah, uh, maybe I'll come more around to that way of thinking on a second watch, but right now it's it's enough from me dog it's enough from you dog all right i like it i just don't yeah, love it. yeah yeah no and like this like i said like the this might be a movie made for me you know and that's a movie made for you have you have the have french you, dispatch might be have a movie you made read for an me, issue I, of the new yorker <laughs> yeah i have cover to cover oh cool yeah um you might be the only I, person i know that's done that <laughs> i've done it a few times like twice maybe holy shit yeah um yeah man i just uh gee uh what's his name right uh jeffrey wright playing that was great like a james baldwin type reporter like oh my gosh and talk about just a cast wow i mean it's kind of cheating at this point you can't cast everyone and then say wow what a cast like you invited everyone (laughs) (laughs) everyone's there Yeah, and but I mean, still, for like, like approximately three minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. And Sorsha Ronan's eyes, oh, they're beautiful. Jesse, yeah, you've been very quiet. I, I, I'm going to choose to remain very quiet about about Mike's number one pick. I really don't. Jesse, have Jesse, anything. do you? I want to know what you think of this movie. <laughs> you, you really want to know what I, I think really of this want movie? to know what you think of this movie? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't I don't have much to say. Mike, I I feel a lot about this movie the way you felt about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I questioned whether or not this was a movie. I said, is it possible that Wes Anderson, you know, fanfare could just be a movie because that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like Wes Anderson for Wes Anderson's sake. Uh and I, so you're talking about things that you got from the movie and I got, yeah, I got none of it. And like, for me, like a Wes Anderson movie is enjoyable because there's this insane plot and it's unfolding and evolving. And this happens a little bit in the, the, the bit where we talked about the protesting one, right? Where it suddenly changes and becomes something a little bit different, uh, totally different. That's I, I really enjoyed the aesthetic with that sort of plot structure going on with Wes Anderson, and I just felt like I'm just getting a bunch of very disjointed 
vignettes and it's like uh, i just said okay that's a thing yeah that, that's honestly what i think about the movie i'm i would love to hear more about why you think this movie is saying something because i got nothing in terms of what the movie is saying or yeah. doing I, I i would i would like to hear that i just wonder um Guys, because we're we're now we're now at like three hours. Yeah, nice. Yeah, probably we not are. right now. Yeah. Well, I do I'm really excited that, for for when we do this on a Not Your Father's Movies episode. Um, <laughs> the French and uh, you're subjected I do it. I do it. to uh, to, I, to I would... movie again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd have to watch. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it whenever okay. whenever it comes up. I I would do it, guys. Come on. Yeah, I'd nice. love to hear more. I I would. Yeah, yeah, I'd do it do it jesse my friend your number one pick from 2021 yeah my number one pick if if you listen to the pod maybe this shouldn't be surprising it's it's dune really we doing it dune, 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 dune. <laughs> we doing it we doing Wait. it because dune is a sci-fi huge scale blockbuster that manages to feel artsy at the same time and with lots of style all to itself. Um, I thought it had solid performances, solid, like, and, you know, if you can listen back on the episode, but I got a whole nice three-act structure in here, and I really enjoyed that. Um, Yeah, like, if you want sci-fi with political intrigue with a huge cool style all to itself this is a movie for you and how how is that not awesome no um, honestly though this is a yeah. once in a generation movie like that that yeah. should not be discounted this is a, a a an epic to an epic scale that i think is heretofore unseen we've never seen a movie this big yeah never the seen a movie ever. this big function i've ever seen anything no 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 something well, that shows this in... scale like this Holy shit. There was another Dune. There was I know, another it Dune. Sucks. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. You guys know it blows. <laughs> I do. But like people have tried. People have tried to do this, and this was pulled off beautifully. It it's a beautiful movie in its own weird way. Like it's hard to make the desert beautiful. Trust me, I live in the desert. I know. <laughs> and he does it. Um, and like everything has feels like has intricate detail attached to it. Like the CGI feels, it feels like lovingly crafted. Um, the last time I really felt like that was like Lord of the Rings 20 years ago, where it felt like details mattered and details matter here. Love this movie. Yeah, you're right. It's a once in a generation thing. And I, and I got the full experience and you, you can listen back to our, our podcast on that where we talk a lot about whether or not it's a full movie or not, which is why it's not on Vito's list, but it's on mine. Um, yeah. It's a stupid hang up. I have, I acknowledge it. <laughs> it's a hang up. It's real. And, uh, you know, it's, my number it's a one, hang, it's a hangnail right here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. My, my number one, uh, I, I can't wait to not have to change my number one movie when the sequel comes out. <laughs> oh no no no! I'm not changing it in this year. I'll just make it in that year. I'll, I'll pull that. Dune 2021 through time and space 2023 and just plonk it down. Finally, there's an ending. Oh great! Um, it'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. I can't wait to. I can't wait to see the ending 
of of the the Polytreides part of the saga. Did I say that right? I don't think I yeah. said that right. This part of the story that Paul Atreides is in, that's not saying he's not going to be in other parts of the story. <laughs> yeah. I think that's better. <laughs> My number one, uh, it's Licorice Pizza. Uh, uh... I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, it is, it's simultaneously a little underwhelming and at times a little overwhelming in terms of what we're seeing. Um, it's underwhelming because it's not about anything. Like, yeah. at all, really. I mean, it's about a relationship, but the relationship seems to be happening. It seems to be happening kind of on the sly, and it's it's surprising how that is. It's not the focus of the movie. It's something that's happening in every scene, but you're just not like that aware of it. I don't know. It's hard to describe this movie. Uh, a lot of things happening in the valley in the 70s. And these two crazy, wacky kids are kind of pulled together or pull each other together through either attraction, friendship, something but they want to be in each other's lives. It's, it's hazy. It's, it's kind of slow at times. It's meandering. It's dreamy. Um, it's also sweet. It's sweet in a way that Paul Thomas Anderson has never been sweet. It's, it's nice. He's not a nice filmmaker in my eyes, but this one, he's, he's nice. And that's pleasant to be around. Yeah. I just let this movie watch over me. I let myself enjoy it. I let myself not, not question everything that was occurring. And, I was rewarded with something that was just really incredible. That's great. What do you think, Mike, since this is your number I, three? I, I, I'm thinking about you saying that you don't think of Paul Thomas Anderson as a nice filmmaker. And, and I kind of want to talk about that, but probably we shouldn't because I kind of feel sometime. like he might be one of the nicest filmmakers I've ever seen. This is a but, classic hot take from Mike, which is like a direct repudiation, but you know, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. I, I yeah okay um yeah dude no it's this is a lovely movie um it's it's lovely it's wonderful it's his happiest movie um it's watching Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman run around L A in the seventies literally sprinting just like literally all the time <laughs> they're constantly running it's amazing and these two um. The, this actor and this actress, like they're going to, it's just wonderful to see them begin their career this way. Um, I'm so excited for them to be around more. It's, it's weird. This is a hangout movie. Like it's not, it's not really like you're right. But, but at the same time within that, that hangout where we kind of are, are treated to um, sort of what, happens in life to a girl in her twenties and in LA in the seventies as well. Like it's, it's very interesting. And, and that makes it sound like, Oh, there's something dark and pernicious in here. Like, no, no, that's not what I mean. It's just like just everyday life. And that's, it's very moving. Because it's really I, funny too. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's sad. It's sweet. It's romantic. It's also not romantic. It's friendly. Um, the needle drops are fantastic consistently. There's one specifically that happens. It's a Paul McCartney number and holy shit. That scene is amazing. <laughs> uh, like maybe my favorite scene of the year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, so many, so many parts of this movie are wow. Really good. Yeah. There's definitely some negatives here. Um, I think there's a joke about there's actually two separate jokes about uh, Asian women that are not funny that go on for a while. Um, I get why they're here. 
I think I understand the intention behind having the character here, but it must be said they're they're really it's really clear like they're really loud like you can't not notice that there's a really mean joke about Asians here um even if I think there's a reason for it and then the central relationship between yeah. Alana and Cooper Hoffman and their characters there is about we're told there's about a 10 year age difference between a 15 year old and a 25 year old they never consummate their relationship in any way and it is mostly just flirtatious and there's like some question about exactly how old Alana Haim's character is supposed to be but dude i was thinking definitely about that 15 and she's definitely at least like mid 20s yeah which even, is even, like, even yeah. if she wasn't definitely mid 20s he's definitely 15 yeah <laughs> and she's and definitely an adult so this is this is a hard thing uh and but in that way i think it's a challenging movie but not outright i think it's still easy to be enjoyed um and i loved it i loved it a lot i mean that's one of the things that the pta does is he he focuses on the most awkward relationships that you could possibly imagine and how they can work (laughs) um this is just this the reason why it's not higher for me is because of that um and i don't know i haven't worked it out yet i i think and i mean like i get i'm not i don't know I've known, um, like, I remember out of college, I knew a couple of people who became teachers and, and uh, started, like, started teaching kids who were, like, two years younger than them, you know, sort of thing. Or, like, even four or five, five like, that's not a huge age difference in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember them talking about, like, yeah, it gets a little weird. It gets a little awkward. Um, so it's not like this is something that I, I don't, that I think is, is I don't know. Again, like the pernicious, like like often this is like, oh, this is evil or something bad. That's not how I feel about it, but it's it's complicated, right? It's uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like hearing you talk about it, I'm, I guess I wasn't excited to see licorice pizza because I kind of saw that. I was like, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure if I want to see that because you never know what's going to happen. But hearing that it's number two and number one well clearly i have to see it now there's there's a moment where a line could be crossed where one character considers doing it yeah and they really consider doing it like they're they're so close and then they pull back and i really appreciated that about the movie that the movie is acknowledging that this is weird and it's still an unlikely friendship and it does. Yeah, but that's pull not away. the reason why he pulls back, though, dude. Like, he pulls back because he's a. Yeah. I know. I, I'm not going to go into it. It's not. I, I, I understand why yeah. in the context of the movie, but I'm saying the movie as a whole is doing that. And it. it he, yeah. he knows yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so uh, that that's my number one. I yeah. wish it was not as complicated. I wish I didn't have to couch it that way. And honestly, honestly, like screw him for doing that. Uh, it didn't need to be done that way. Um, could have been different. Wouldn't have changed a thing at all. Should have been different. In fact, I would say, just stop involving kids in romances. It'll be easier, guys. I mean, uh, why couldn't she be eighteen or something? Yeah. Why couldn't he be eighteen? He, why isn't he just graduating high school? Yeah. Why? There's no reason. There's no reason at all why this couldn't have been solved. Yeah. Um, which makes it but sad that I have to that, say that when I'm talking about my number one movie of the year. Yeah. But yes, it is. Apart from that, it is just it is just off the wall joyful. I think it's it's the story of Peter Pan. That's my hot take. 
Mm. But he that, loves growing up. We talked about this last time. He, he wants to grow, up grow up so hard. He doesn't want to grow up, dude. He doesn't want to grow up. No, he's no, already because, done it. Okay, look at all the grown-ups. He doesn't want to be them. Yeah, he wants to be different. A different he wants to have up. the swords and he wants to have like this stuff and the thing. He wants to like, have the businesses where he sells the stuff. Yeah. Mm. But he doesn't want businesses. to be one of them. All right. All right. We'll have to leave it for the I episode. I look forward to watching it. <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. All right. So we've, we've done our number ones. Mike's was the French Dispatch. Jesse's was Dune. Mine was Licorice Pizza. We will make sure that we post all of the top tens uh, with this uh, sometime after you've had a chance to listen to the episode. Uh, oh, maybe maybe we should share our Letterbox top ten lists. I do. You have will. a top ten list? We could put those in the show notes. Yeah, we, we could. do that. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll just do that. Yeah. yeah um, but the last thing we want to close with is for you guys: what is the best dad movie of 2021? Uh, Jesse, this is a real toss-up for me because obviously Dune is my number one, and it's Dude. very dad. It's oh extremely yeah, extremely dad. It's Horde. sci-fi. It's, it's political intrigue. But I, th- I think there's another sneaky one that is, in some ways, a little more dad. Possibly more dad. It's nobody. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think no nobody is my, my dad movie of the year. I can't imagine anything more dad than a dad just doing his daily life and living the the angry dad fantasy. <laughs> and this is I was. Movie, yeah, my word. Uh like this is uh this is a movie where I'm definitely like I'm not sure if I want my kids to associate it with me, but they probably will. Um and I will definitely end up falling asleep and they'll just come out and see like, oh yeah, dad's watching nobody again. And it's so much fun and funny and yeah. Uh my that is my dad movie of the year pick. Very nice. How, how about you, Mike? Is it is it between the French Dispatch and something else? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, it's not. Um, I kind of think it's King Richard. Did you guys think he King Richard? We did not. I did not. Uh, okay, yeah. that um, it's it's not it's not best movie I've seen this year. But like, man, that movie's got a lot of heart. It's it's a good like it's a sports movie, you know, and it's a good sports movie. It's like top tier sports movie. Okay. Um, and it's a dad sports movie, right? Oh, yeah. It's about Serena and Venus Williams dad. And like, I've got two mm-hmm. girls um, and uh, I mean, he had lots of children and don't look into the real Richard <laughs> Williams. Um, I have not. I'm not going to. Uh, he seems to be a complicated individual. This movie is about the best version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just like Will Smith does an excellent job in this movie. Um, I think, yeah, I think that this is, this is, this is my dad movie of the year. Yeah. Wow. Just the way, like, like it shows him fighting for his daughters in a way yeah. that is almost absurd. It's in a way that that would get him ridiculed. And man, like as a father, like I need to do that. I need to fight for my children uh, to the point of ridicule, past the point of ridicule yeah. so that people think like this guy's crazy. Um, but it's also got to be like, I got to be right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the only reason why he like he was right. That's why we have a movie about him. Otherwise, he would 
he would be crazy. Yeah. You know, um, you got to do it. I don't know. There, yeah, it's 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 got some things that are uh, lacking in it. Um, overall, as far as a dad movie goes, in my mind, this is this is it. And it's a dad fighting for sports with their kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is more dad than that? Yeah. Well, yeah, man. And like to keep his kids out of the out of the ghetto, like he moves them out of Compton um, and and fights against like it shows him like fighting against the people in Compton um, in different ways to to get them out of there, to get them focused on their studies as well as their sports. Like it's it's really cool. I think you'd like it, Jesse. Fido, I don't know if you would like it. That sounds like a comfort food. Yeah. Nice time movie. It's two and a half hours. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Well, is, okay. Is it really is a great reaction? Every, 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 like every movie that comes along and Jesse's like, Oh, interesting. I'm like, it's five hours long. Jesse's like, ah, <laughs> ah. Okay. Vito. I mean, wait, no, sorry. If Go I ahead. could wa- have this movie on in the background, which it sounds like I could. Yeah. That, because this sports movies and, this sounds like a pretty predictable sort of plot. Like I kind of know, I know these beats. I know these plot points. And that's also another dad movie. Like, is it, can it just be like around there in the house? Can it be a presence in the home with us? You, you could do like your taxes. Can... You could do your taxes watching this movie. Like, nice. like that's the kind of movie it is. It's like the sort of thing that you're just like, you're, you've got the TV on and you're like, yeah. you're like in a, it's it's a sort of movie like you're you're in a hotel and you're like what are we gonna share oh King Richard's playing like let's put that on I don't think there's anything that is bad in it at all like kids could <laughs> yeah like kids could watch it I think um, I mean I don't think my kids would be very interested in it but I, it's it's totally totally fine but it's yeah. like I said like kind of the the top top level of that stuff awesome Vito. What is your dad movie of 2021? It's Get Back. Get Back is the easy answer because That's, it's the that, Beatles. Yeah. It is dad. Beatles is the definition of dad. That's true. It is a long movie filled with intricate details. Um, many cameo appearances. Peter Sellers shows up for about uh, two minutes. Becomes cool. wildly uncomfortable. Uh, tries to leave. Can't find the door and has to be instructed <laughs> on where it is while everyone laughs at him. <laughs> um, this is a very dad detail to bring up. Like, oh, did you know in the Let It Be sessions, Peter Sellers actually stopped by. He was filming a movie nearby and he just wanted to meet the Beatles. He met them. They made him very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like that's just like one of the stupid, meaningless anecdotes that you would hear uh, from an elderly figure, an older figure. Sorry, not elderly. Yeah. I am one of those elderly figures now um, in your life when you're younger. And like, you don't know who any of these people are, but when you see the adults in the room watching it and they're all like, Oh, it's Peter Sellers. You're like, that's somebody, I guess everyone knows who they are. Uh, that's how I feel about this. Like I, if this had come out when I was younger, I definitely would have been pushed it numerous times and been told it was important. And I needed to learn about my culture and (laughs) things like this, uh, that are stupid and like not really the case, but also a little bit, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's for that and everything else. Like the Beatles yeah. are are a font for dads to like crowd around and dip their young ones in the holy water of the discography. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, having grown up with my dad watching so many 
documentaries about musicians and like the making like i'm pretty sure we watched a whole documentary about the eagles uh like breaking up and then getting back together again, uh, like, stuff like that i can say that these sort of these sort of documentaries are in are, are just incredibly dead yeah. Yeah, 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 and just like the again, like the meaningless little stories, like oh, did yeah. you know when this was happening? It was because of this and that. I'm like, that's not that doesn't mean anything to anyone, Dad. <laughs> I'm so glad you know that. Um, but it is still great. Uh, all right, well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, boy, what a long one, guys! But uh, what a pleasure to do it with you. Um, really happy to have had this conversation. Really happy to have done this year with you. Can't wait for our next year. Yeah, same here. It's exciting, and uh, we're starting off the new year with with a bang because we have um, a certain things beginning next week. Yeah, yeah, it's something. Making a lot of sounds. All we have to say is that when you look at yourself in a mirror, you should ask yourself why so serious. Uh, Swear to me! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But until then, for all of us at Don't Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. Good night.